Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting live from sunny South Florida. This week's episode came in episode number 475. As always, I'm with my trusted gang, uh, the Italian scallion. I'm, I'm forgetting who I'm doing the show with. <laughs> Italian Paul DeGracco and the man they call the goat. I think we should start calling him chess master. Or second place chess master. I don't know. Second place. Second place. Silver medalist. Silver medalist. Silver, silver. silver medalist. Oh, he's got the chess background today, too. Look at that. Silver medalist. Who? Wait, who's so, the champion? Well, Alex hosted the first ever Smoking Socialite. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we have a private Facebook group, Smoking Social. Check it out. If you're anywhere on social media, you belong to any groups. This is a group you want to be in. It's so it's just so cordial and friendly and fun, and everybody interacts. And Alex hosted, I guess, you know, as always, Alex finds the small niche in the universe of people who get excited about something. And he found his little chess uh, universe and hosted the first ever smoking socialite chess tournament. How many people were in it? Um, so the tournament, I limited to 16. It was the first one. I just wanted to kind of, you know, get it figured out, see how it works. It's hard with, you know, people in time. So it was kind of like a daily tournament where you have 24 hours to make a move. There's no like pressure. You, it's like you get a message when it's time to move. Ooh, so I like it that. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we had 16 people get in, including some manufacturers. Rist was in the tournament, unfortunately never made a move. So he just lost all his games on Shocker. time. Um, but I'm sure he offered a, a prize to anybody who uh, beat him. Well, he'd, be, he'd have two losses. Dan Thompson was also in the tournament. Um, I saw that. Dan, 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 I, I take Dan for an intellectual. He is an intellectual. Um, he's a little rusty on his chest. Dan had the unfortunate um, circumstance of playing yours truly in the first round. And uh, <laughs> who set up the rounds? The tournament thing, like randomly. It just, yeah, it does it automatically. It sets it up in groups. But um, the winner was um, Brian Julian, otherwise known as Brian Pawn. Who, again, weird story. Abe was on a, a podcast with, I think it was with Reinhard Porig, Um, and Brian happened to be on that podcast. Abe calls me in the middle of the show. Hey, this guy plays chess. You guys should play. And uh, we hooked up, and me and Brian have been playing chess ever since. We played two games going Not simultaneously. Now you've played with me a couple times. How would I have fared in this tournament? You were I'm, top 10. I'm, I'm by no means a great, great chess player. Adequate at best. You yeah, would have, you would have, you would have top ten. You would have top ten, top eight. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys um, really into it who, who are fresh. There's there's a few guys that are into it. Um, Garrett Robinson, who is I guess the chess 
guy of our group, probably the highest rated guy. He didn't play in the tournament. He missed getting in. Yes, he 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 didn't get in in time. He didn't see the link. He said he'll be in the next one. But I play. Me and Garrett play um, all the time now. But um, yeah, no, he's got a lot going on. Didn't his daughter just get married? He's a big time chess guy, though. Garrett's a big time chess guy. I feel like. Do you think that a lot of these people were into chess before, or they just like kind of jumped in on it because it was like you know you've been talking about it so much? Well, a lot of them. Social like group is really interactive, so yeah, yeah, they want to be a part of it. Is what I'm. Well, saying. a lot of them like, played chess, know how to play, haven't played in years, didn't have a chess.com online account, didn't really even know it existed. So a lot of guys created new accounts and started playing. Um, oh, Randy, Randy Griggs of. Uh, Cigar Dojo also Odyssey oh, yeah. up. So Flavor, yes, Odyssey. Flavor, Flavor Odyssey. Odyssey. So yeah, there's a lot of, but yeah, a lot of guys just, you know, jumped in. Oh yeah. You know, I play chess. So it kind of brought chess back to I, some people. I'm in the same boat. Cause I, I have a chess.com account, believe it or not, but I haven't played on it in, in years and years. I think I have it because Howard Stern, when he first started playing, talked about it. I was like, that sounds pretty cool that you can play on. Oh, I play Paul. So I, well, listen, I mean, I'd be terrible. I'm terrible. I'm not, I'm not do, that good. Yeah, we but should, terrible do, we should do a pay-per-view me versus Paul. Terror, terrible is relative. Yeah, we should do that. But, um, you know, some guys are, are fresh and don't know a lot. Uh, you know, Quentin is one who, who plays. That he was plays my constantly. question. Oh, he does? See, I would. I'm, no, I he's not good. I, I mean, my, when I play. I mean, he has a small understanding and he plays. He don't care. He plays. And, um, you know, my, my goal against Quentin is to just make as many queens as possible at the end. It's kind of a dick move, but I do it anyway. You know, like our current game, I'm, I think I could probably get about six queens. and I'll, Get I'm all of your pawns to the end there? Yeah, 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 that, so. yeah. But he plays. He's good. You know, he, he's good enough. That's funny. Tim Chi says your background looks like the coronavirus. It does kind of actually when you well, look at it. Well, in fairness, the chess boom kind of started around the coronavirus with uh, Queen's Gambit. Love that series, wow. by the way. Great series. Great series. I don't think speaking a, of the queen, I don't think there's a season two. <laughs> I think it was like a one shot series. No, I don't think there's going to be a season two. I'm just yeah. like a full story in one, pretty much. Quinn Thor, Paul, before the show even starts. <sighs> listen, man, do you, do you listen? You talked about the queen. Obviously, the queen passed away while we were gone, and, and they had the big, you know, luxurious funeral and over the top everything. Um, did you watch I, it? I, well, you know, I, I got caught watching it cause one night I just couldn't sleep and I wound up up at uh, like five o'clock in the morning and, and um, they started the service. It was the only thing on TV, but realistically I stopped caring about the queen since July 4th, 1776. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit out, I almost spit out my gum, my uh, coffee. <laughs> I don't know. There's some kind of fascination with those people like that. I, obviously, they, they, they have very little power and they're just kind of figureheads now. But there's something. Do you watch The Crown at all? Have you watched that series? It's very well done on Netflix. I If you haven't, I suggest it. I'm waiting for the next season to come out. I prefer the lifestyle I wonder, I guess of billions. The, what's it called? I prefer watching the lifestyle of billions than watching the lifestyle oh. of The Crown. Oh, no, 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 I've been devastated since they replaced the main character. One of those random switches where they didn't say Oh, anything? no, man. He, he's a great actor. I, I love him. His name's departing my brain right now. 
but his wife died. His wife was um, the aunt from Peaky Blinders. She had cancer and she died and he literally finished the last season just to complete it because he, you know, he's got to raise his kids in England and whatnot. And, um, you know, they transitioned him off, you know, basically like escaping from the federal government, finally got caught and what got to Switzerland and then they replaced him with another guy and it's okay, but it's not the same. I want to address a technical issue. There's an echo for me because Abe and Alex refused to use headphones. So that I'm coming off of their speakers. We've talked about this a bunch of times that we need to use headphones. Wait, you're coming off so of I, our speakers. Yeah, I hear myself in your speakers. But me and Abe aren't coming off of our own speakers, is what you're telling me. That's a How's that's that a work? really weird question. I don't understand. Mm, Maybe because my be voice. Is little... Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's you. I need to make a, I have a quick translation on. I need to make a quick plug for our other shameless associate, Evan Darnell. So, Evan's got two events coming up this week or next week, this week, whatever week it is. Um, Thursday, September 29th, 7 to 10 p.m., Smith & Walensky, New York. That is the Red Meat Lovers Club, offers a study in beef for tunnels for towers. And also... Great Evan organization, had, by the way. Yes. The Bigger Picture Foundation Dinner, Red Meat Lovers Club, and Najee Harris, Friday, September 30th, uh, Sullivan Steakhouse, U.S. Steel Tower in Pittsburgh. Go on Eventbrite, search Red Meat Lovers Club, and you can find all Evans to do's there. Or you can go to redmeatloverscloud.com. Yes. That, I wonder how much he got paid for that payola. That guy's always got <laughs> to do's. Lots of to do's. I love him. Well, Evan, Evan just hooked me up. We went to the Nas Wu-Tang concert, Red Meat Lovers Club uh, tailgate party. Oh, how so was that, that? How was that? It was a good time. It was a great time. Um, you know, It looked really cool. Good dinner. Alex came home with a contact high. Absolutely. I mean, in, insane. In no way you couldn't. Insane. Insane how much, like, weed was going on at the concert. It was pretty nuts. That's, like, that's, that's what it's like walking down the streets of Manhattan now. It's, it's like you're going through a rock concert. Really, bro? It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. You can go in Vegas. I smell it as soon as I get off the elevator on the floor. You get in a taxi. I mean, it's just, like, everywhere, man. It's, it's Yeah, body. it's so pervasive. You would think you'd come up with one that you couldn't smell as much, like just to. And this is from the same people that'll freak out if they smell one hint of a cigarette or cigar, like they'll die. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm supposed to go out to San Diego this week, but with this hurricane coming, I don't know if I'm uh, gonna do that and leave the. You kid. know, I mean, maybe the kids could come and stay at your house. You know, there are certain things in my life I can't escape, like you know, like an atom. Like he'll leave, but then we get like another version of an atom, you know. And we used to have we used to have like the most insane like hurricane guy. Did you ever meet Ronnie, or did he retire before you? Came I knew up? Ronnie, yeah, yeah, I knew okay. Ronnie. So Ronnie was like an avid hurricane guy, man. He'd watch every second of it, send you texts, know what's oh, going on, freak out every single hurricane ever, man, nonstop. And then he retired, and you know, not in my universe really anymore. And it's like, oh, okay, hurricanes come and go. We've replaced him. Rob is like, have you talked to Rob this week? I was just going to say that. I didn't know that you were going there. Rob is like the, the in-house like hurricane freak. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's our yeah. in-house now. Uh, um, what do you call oh, meteorologist? Yeah. yeah he's watching yeah, the literally. movements, the pressures, giving me updates. Like, dude, relax. It's going to come and go. I won't even know it's here. He's like, well, I'm heading this way. Bro, you don't, that thing can turn left. 
You know, I, there's one At thing any second. years of Florida has taught me. I just stopped worrying about him. I mean, you, you do what you do, you know. Take the inside, take the outside furniture in. I'm going to do yeah, that. Yeah, right. get not? your water, get your gas, and you're worried about the gas, and then you ride it out. You know, especially yeah. now, because if you have any kind of new home, they, we, you know, there's no shutters anymore. I mean, That's you know. That's the best. I yeah, I've been waiting for a hurricane since I've gotten in. Here. Yeah, you, you get any kind of home that's been made in the last ten years. There's no shutters anymore. Every window's impact resistant. Right. So you know, you just sit and wait it out. You know, I mean, it's it's watch the I storm. Mean, we've had Cad fours come by. You know what people forget is because they see the devastation when it hits a lot of like New Orleans or something, right? Man, since Andrew, they have built this state. You a swing set in a park ain't going anywhere. Like anything right. they built post Andrew is like 130 mile per hour, like rated. You know, I mean, it's just right. the biggest inconvenience is the electrical outage or the gas, you know, that which causes gas stations not to work. You know, so mm -hmm. you can't get gas and you can't get electric, and that's, that's typically, thank God, is is the brunt of it. But yeah, man, Robert is out there, man, minute by minute watching it. So, oh, Paul, I'm curious, him. right? I'm curious. All right, let's say there's a mm -hmm. hurricane, big one. Right, powers out two, three weeks. There's nothing going on. People need food. He's on a compound. They eat the. Well, this is my point. This is my point. Right, you guys got the compound. Your veggies and all your little. Here come the people. Are you going to defend the compound? Are you going to defend the compound from raiders who need? No, he's going to get his golf cart. He's going to get his golf cart and make his getaway. I bet we'd have some kind of security watch over the farm. There's not much growing there now, though. This is the off season for for Florida, so they don't they we don't necessarily have like vegetables coming out now. They they won't really have stuff growing there till October November, but they are growing things. But I don't know that there's anything in abundance there that that people could come and take. I'm just I have to fly out Tuesday morning, and I I just kind of feel weird leaving my wife and kids here if there's going to be a bad storm. But we're I'm just kind of waiting it out. If I have to call it off, I call it Where off. Where are you going no on big Tuesday? Deal. I have I, listen. Not I haven't traveled wife. in three years for work, and I, I have a work trip. We do a conference every year, but nobody's done it the last three years because of COVID. And I was pretty excited about going, to, you know, San Diego for three or four days. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's in the cards. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not so sure that uh, my company's going to understand <laughs> that if I decide not to go, and so I might be looking for a new job. But I. It's just the first hurricane in a new house and leaving my wife and two kids home knowing it's coming. Uh, I don't feel so great about that. But a lot of guys are telling me that if I'm flying out Tuesday morning, it, it might be pretty windy and rainy here that the, the flights may get delayed anyway. So if it's going to be bad. But I guess, would you leave, Abe? Um, hurricane, no. Yeah, see, I'm I'm like on the fence right now. She's fine with it, but I, I don't think I'm going to. I just wouldn't. I mean, I'm going to wait it out. I don't want to be stranded minute. out of here. I don't want to be able to get back to them if they've got a problem. I mean, it'd, it'd have to be like something uber, like, you know, somebody dear to me out of their deathbed or something for me. That yeah, it's to. nothing like that. It's yeah. just a regular conference that we go. It just happens to be the first time in three years that we're going because nobody went in the past. Yeah. So. Me, me I'd be feel too guilt-ridden if anything happened and I wasn't around. <laughs> Coop, just fly out a day early. That's not what I'm worried about, Coop. I'm worried about my wife and kids being home alone if the power is out and stuff. Like, I, I want to be around. I, I know we got off the chess, but I Sorry. do want to bring something up. Oh, yeah, I know. 
I wanted to hear something more, a little more interesting. But I know we got off the chess, but you know, chess is normally nothing exciting going on in the chess universe, right? But there not was a little true. controversy. Yeah, I know. I wanted to bring that up when we were talking about chess. What is this? I mean, like, you know, what do they call it? Deflate gate and all the stuff you see in sports. You're telling me now that they're claiming people are cheating in tournament chess? Yes. This is this is not something new. Look, he's look out, he look out. Look at him. His his eyes lit not up. Not something new, but there is hilarious. There is a potential scandal rocking the chess world right now. <laughs> rocking the chess. Rocking the chess world. Right <laughs> so I had I got to I have to take you a step back. So early September, um, Sinkfield Cup, St. Louis. Magnus Carlsen is playing. Uh, current chess champion, arguably convincingly arguably the greatest chess player of all time he's playing in this tournament and he's playing a guy named hans neiman who's an american kid ranked 200 points lower than magnus carlson which at that level is an extreme you know for instance magnus carlson hasn't lost to a guy at that level in like 15 years um they play in a game they're playing over the board tournament um, live real in person live real in person real yeah. board okay um Magnus somehow winds up losing the match, which is actually like the first over-the-board match that he's lost in like 53 games, which is shocking. You know, it's like it's like you know, a high school football team beats you know the it's like Michael Jordan getting beat one-on-one by yeah, LeBron. By, right? <laughs> by who? Not even LeBron, LeBron James. By like I know that was a little LeBron dig. So the next day of the tournament, Magnus comes in and and, and resigns himself from the tournament puts out a tweet i can't say anything else or i'll get myself into trouble suddenly um allegations start flying everybody has questions apparently there is a belief that hans neiman was cheating over the board now to back that up hans neiman was actually banned from chess.com for cheating in online games during uh the pandemic so he has a history of cheating online how do you get caught cheating on online games because um, chess.com like has engines and algorithms that just understand your play and you know suddenly you know you're playing you're at a certain like accuracy level right. uh, with the bad and suddenly your you know your accuracy is 99%. <laughs> but I mean at that level all it takes is a couple of moves to cheat with an engine and you know you get yourself ahead. So did they prove have they proven they have not they proven it yet which is hard to prove. But then so Enter like, Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm curious. How is he supposed to have cheated? So, well, there's enter Elon Musk, who of course, a tweet of course, and says furthers a conspiracy theory that there is a possibility that he could have been using electronic anal beads and getting a <laughs> signal. You know, you know, I mean, he is to make. <laughs> wow. So, yes, so there's an, out, an inside guy. He has a guy on the outside, rather, that is yeah, watching it live. Signals to the Oops, anal send beads. Sending signals to the sending vibrations to the anal beads as to which move to make. But, 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 but in a real sense, there could be a guy watching him live, plugging in the moves, and then. Sending him something that he could have in his pocket vibrating against him, telling him. Well, they they do check certain things. It it would I would think of it like remember remember the blackjack scene in Casino. The guy had to yeah. think take something yeah. like that, something like that. But um, so yeah, you know, enter Elon Musk. Which hey, listen, man, 
to me, Elon Musk tweeting about chess, hey, it's great for chess. Um, if anybody knows about the technology that you could use to cheat, it would be him. But uh, I don't know. I also have another, I don't know if it's a theory, but a maybe. Um, look, you know, 90% of the greatest chess players ever were all batshit crazy. You know, Bobby Fischer was a paranoid schizophrenic, Paul Moore. This could be, you know, if if there is no cheating, it could be the the descent into Magnus Carlsen, who's possibly the greatest chess player ever, into his madness. I mean, it, it happens more often than not in chess. Could be paranoid madness. Is there any, was, I don't want to dwell too much on this, but I just find it hilarious. Was there any statement made by the chess organization? Or is it like yes, them. there was, but it's more, you know, so the next day they, they completely changed um, safety protocols. They're now uh, streaming the, the games on a delay, but come that come to happen um, two weeks later, currently, it was a couple days ago, Magnus and Hans were playing in another tournament um, where this is a, there, it's, it's an, it's a, you play online, but they kind of do it in an e-game way. So guys sit down across from each other at a desk and play over the computer um, so Hans and Magnus wound up in a match again, and uh, Magnus made one move and immediately resigned. Like he refuses to play this kid. Wow. So I don't, you know, something there, or maybe not, or maybe Magnus is just losing his mind and, and sinking into yeah. paranoid schizophrenia, which happens to most chess players at that level. Well, quick announcement before we go to our Meet Your Maker segment. Um, one of my favorite TGS releases from 2022, Sosie Dives Sold out oh, the yeah. fastest from Henderson Ventura, ADV Cigars. Just We just dropped another batch yesterday. So they went live yesterday. Um, there are still some left. It's literally probably one of my favorite cigars from the 2022 releases of TGS. Probably one of my all-time favorite Henderson Ventura cigars. If you're a Henderson Ventura fan, it's the purple label that you might have been seeing people post about for the last six months. But they sold out. Um Henderson uh, dropped another batch for us. They went on sale yesterday. Go to smoking.com. Sociedad Secreta ADV cigars. Definitely worth checking out before they are gone. Uh, yeah. that, that being said, yeah, I don't know why Evan's going live either. I just saw that on my phone, too. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, it's time to meet your maker. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window open it and stick your head out and yell it's time to meet your maker and joining us today on his travels from uh atlanta or outside of atlanta McDonough, georgia. Uh, we'll get this uh there you go mcdonough georgia is kevin schweitzer from rockefeller cigar i'm sorry vintage rockefeller cigars welcome Hey guys, how are you? Mikey just wanted to say a quick hello. Mikey Walnuts from the establishment over here, his proprietor. We're going to be here. Oh, Mikey. Let's have a good show. Mike, thanks for setting him up with a place uh, to actually do the show today. We knew he was on the road. We were getting a little nervous. No doubt. Kevin's a good friend, so I just wanted to accommodate him and, you know, kick it off right for him. We got a big event here today. It looks like it looks like you put him in your private office. Yeah, almost. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Kevin, if he needs a bill or something, just pull the drawer next to you, get it to him. We won't, we won't be offended. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, guys, I'm gonna get off here. Good seeing you. Thanks, Mikey. Mikey. Nice to meet you, Mr. Magic Man himself. How you doing? 
There he is. Good, for good cars. Always got him with him. I'll tell you something. My so I don't know. I, I had my little I, I, I would say maybe um two years, two, two and a half, three years at the tops. Um, where I had my little magic phase growing up. I got really into magic. Me too. Um, yeah. There was like where I lived, that old-fashioned magic shop that had, it was a big one. It was a little one that had every trick you could buy. You know, and, yeah. and, and they weren't, that, that stuff was not inexpensive. Not the real good stuff, not the trinkets you buy at Walmart or whatever, you know. It was like magician-grade quality stuff. And it was funny because they'd go and they show you all the tricks, but they'd never tell you in it, you know, because you have to buy it. But then I realized, I said, man, you know, anybody who works here has got to know how all these tricks work, you know? So I actually was thinking about trying to get a job there. But I went to this phase and I started doing magic tricks for all my little cousins. I got really good at sleight of hand, you know? Um, I started doing all the little tricks with my cousin. And it's really funny because when I went to Jordan this summer, it's one of the things all my cousins remember. They were talking You're about doing how. magic? Yes. How I. They're all were asking, you don't still do magic. I said, what? Like, I forgot I was even in that phase. You know, but they all remembered it. And my son just had his eighth birthday. And out of the blue, he asks for a magic set. Wow. So he's got this little thing with the trick cards, with the three and a half spades, and the cube with the changes colors and the trick lid. Yep. You we know, have the he, same thing here. He's dilly-dallying with it and having fun. But I found it odd that he just, on his own, you know, decided he... I mean, I'd never seen him do magic. Never saw him get into magic, but he asked for a magic set. I feel like... I feel like every kid goes through it at some point. Like I, I went through it for a few years and even in like uh, in college, I, I would buy like little tricks at the, at that kind of magic shop and like do tricks in bars, like the bite the quarter trick. I would do stuff like that. I never, but I have, I was taking this out cause I want to show Kevin. I have all of this magic stuff in my, and my desk here because my son Axel is obsessed with it too right now. So we got you, him like a kid's you know, magic set and it's really I make awesome. It crucified, I make it crucified for this. But I feel like it's a little boy thing. Maybe what? Because I'm doing you know, magic. No, 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 no. I'm just yeah, saying, like, none of my girls got into magic or cared about right, magic. A... Yeah, it might be. I got the Svengali deck going. Oh, guys like Kevin, they they make fun of the Svengali Kevin's deck like... though, because that's that's a cheater deck where you make all the cards one card. <laughs> and <then> you... <laughs> Look at that magic. Ball, <laughs> balls in his glory right now. It's so funny. I have he uh, listen. We I like researched for Axel's birthday, like what kind of magic kit to get him, and I talked to a couple of guys that are really into it, and we got this one on Amazon that was like thirty dollars, but it's really good. Like it has like the the changing color handkerchiefs and and like some real magic tricks that are he's learning to do. So he's obsessed. I think it's good for them though. My my son didn't read One Direction. The shit's all over the house. Oh really? <laughs> no, he, he, he didn't. He didn't read One Direction. Didn't, hasn't shown me one trick yet. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you'd be doing it. like shows. He has, bro. He's got the attention span of a hyena on like straight cocaine for forty. He's hours. not like the girls. Literally, the girls would be having magic shows every night. Literally, productions making, making, yeah. drawing tickets and selling them to us to come to the and show. Lights, yeah, lighting and sound. Yeah, this kid is already gone. He's <laughs> already gone. Oh man. Well, so Kevin, how, how is the, I mean, obviously we want to talk about uh, Rockefeller, but uh, in magic, do you, do you, so I was the same way as the road. So I was the same way as a kid, right? I went through this magic phase. My father took me to Tannins in New York city on Broadway and they just had a fire 
and they reopened the store and everything. Like I had like a burnt book called The Royal Road to Card Magic, and I wanted it, right? So I started getting into card magic. Then I bought Now You See It, Now You Don't. I bought a couple of those, and I started really getting into the phase. I started loving magic. And then I went to work. Then, then I actually started taking lessons from a guy who was like eating fire in a, a place called Esposito's in Rockville, Santa Long Island, that I would randomly go there on the weekend. And it was, it was pretty cool. I loved it. It was also a good way to get out of the shell as a kid. You know what I mean? And now I can't stop talking. But when I was a kid, you know, it's like, oh, I could do magic. Especially at the bar mitzvahs, I would do magic. I'd win money from the older guys all the time. They'd be like, record Monty. Like $10 gets you 10, 20 gets you 20, 40 gets you 40. And then I got a job once on in Union Square on 14th Street because he was doing the P game. And he goes, where's the P? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's not in the, any under the shells. It's in your fingers. Kicks this thing. I'm like, what, the, what, the, what did I just do? He comes over to me. He's like, you want a job? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do three-card Monty in college. You know, there are big hands that come in effective with sleight of hand stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I got a lot of cover. I got a lot of cover when I'm doing three-card Monty. A lot of cover. I made quite a few bucks doing three-card Monty, man. Yeah. It, 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 is, it probably is a boy thing. I never saw any girl growing up that was into magic. Now well, that I'm thinking my about daughter it. just asked for a magic set. Really? My son's not into it, but my son's into chess. And he's on those chess sites, and he's 15 years old, and he is really, really good. Nice. Nice. Wow. Love it. But my daughter loves magic. She always wants me to show her something, and it's crazy. So, Kevin, you've been obviously into cigars for almost three decades of your life. Um, yeah. how now, how how old is Rockefeller cigars now since I bought it off from the beginning? No, since you bought it six years, we don't care what happened before you bought it. Good, thanks. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your six year ride, Kevin. How's it going? It's going good, yeah, it's going really good. How did COVID affect you? Did you find it did, 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 in the beginning? COVID was tough, right. Were people so, but like I reinvented myself right during COVID. The first thing I did was immediately. So when we were going to Vegas that year, I saw everyone was wearing masks. I'm like, something's fucking, something's wrong here. Everyone's got masks on, except everyone who's American. I'm like, there's something wrong. So as soon as I saw that on the way back, I started ordering a lot of inventory because I was concerned something's going on here, and I had no idea what it was. And then we all got back that year and we got sick. But that's another story for a different day. But the point of the matter is we had product during COVID where a lot of manufacturers didn't. So we were able to differentiate ourselves and get into a lot of stores that other people, because they had no product. They were all backed up. So COVID so that was your moment. That was my moment of shine. And then picking up Jesse, getting us us in the TAA stores that I didn't have contacts with worked out great too. So you're, uh, you're not a member of the TAA? I'm not a member of the TAA, but we're in TAA stores. Do you feel that important to your brand? I mean, you're talking about like it's an achievement. 50, I'm just 50, 50, 50. I mean, what, what, you know, it's really funny because I mean, I'm a TA member, but I'm trying to think as a retailer. I, I, I guess, I, I, I mean, because you don't have to be in the TAA to get in the TA stores. Right. As a manufacturer. Correct. Right, so you could have gotten into those stores whether you belong to the TAA or not, but you feel like 
you 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 mentioned it. You feel like it's beneficial for you that you got into that these stores. Well, I mean, is it just because there's more stores? The TA stores. The TA is a small percentage of, of the. Right, it's a small percentage. I don't. I can't remember. I don't know what the membership is. I think it's maybe a hundred and some. Yeah. You know, of of all retailers, are TA members. I mean, they're supposed to be, you know, a huge emphasis on the word "supposed," but they're supposed to be the top tobacconists of the country. So, do you feel obligated as a retailer to be a member of the TAA? I mean, not saying that you don't want to be. Do I feel do obligated? You, yeah, because you have really nice stores and and nice shot. Like, do you I, feel I like that's okay? So here, yeah. gonna try, <laughs> gonna try not to get myself in trouble here. So, <laughs> literally, um, so I, my connection to the TAA, and if anybody who really follows us or knows me, was really Sal Fontana. Right. Sal Fontana is literally, and it's really funny, I was just looking at some old pictures this morning of him and Connie both, so I was actually thinking of Sal this morning. Um, but Sal... You know, he was from that era when the TA was created, right? So he felt very attached. And then after his wife died, Connie, um, Sal, they started the Connie Cup. It was a golf tournament to benefit um, Parkinson's. Um, so and his wife's he got more tied emotionally to the TA because it, it, it was a way for to remember Connie every year. Um, so he begged me for years to join the TAA. Now, at that point, it, it really declined. It was nothing of what it is now. And it was really made up. I remember sitting in the living room or his dining room, and he was still trying to talk me into it. I said, Sal, who's in the TAA? Why do I need to join this? So he opened up the, the, the what do you call it? The book that has a listing of all the members, right? The directory or whatever. So I'm flipping the page. I uh, don't know nobody, nobody, don't know any of them. Nobody, nobody. Okay, I know him. I'd heard of them. No, and it was really a, a bunch of nobodies. And at, at that time, I could say it now because I don't think he's anywhere in the business. The guy who was the president of the TA was like on on credit hold with like half the industry. So okay. the guy running the whole show wasn't running a good shop. So I, I broke down at some point, and I'm glad I did now uh, before Sal passed away, and I joined the TAA, and that's how I originally got the TAA. But in 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 defense of the TAA, the organization over since I joined has become a completely different organization. Um, well, way better run, more incentives. They bought in really, they kind of weeded out a lot of the old dead weight, bought in new retailers. Um, so do I feel obligated? Absolutely not. But I'm made to feel obligated. Like literally, I just had a talk with Nimish the other day. And he's literally like, this is what now? September? The TA is not till next year sometime. And he's trying to confirm that I personally show up next year. And I mean, I, I've gotten this a lot from not just manufacturers. Because look, we'll send somebody. They'll give them the order. But they want my presence there for some reason. I would get it from other retailers in the TAA. I get it from the manufacturer. So I do kind of somewhat feel obligated, um, though I don't really think it's anything imperative to the livelihood or or well the TA cigars is a whole different coop story that that was a good idea that just got 
bastardized and, and, and ruined. But um, yeah, I just don't feel like it's it's, it's imperative, you know. In fact, they sent right, me a letter. Right. They sent me a letter a couple months ago. They were gonna kick me out. But they why? Didn't, because you didn't buy a certain amount of cigars. No, no, I, no. I, buy more, I, I buy more than the people who go. We just didn't send anybody this year. Oh. I cannot not go. They want you to attend their party. Yeah, that's Basically. right. You you talked about that. That's why you sent Adam that one year. I remember, and then he got, always he got send sick. somebody. And the last couple of years, we didn't send nobody. Nobody wanted to travel to a third world country. God forbid, get stuck there. They got sick. Right. And nobody wanted right. to go this year. I'm not going to make somebody go. You know, it was a legitimate thing. You know, I'm not going to the DR. God forbid, I get sick. I get stuck there. So we didn't send anybody. And I got a letter. They weren't too happy about it. <laughs> you know, but that's that. But that's a that's a hundred something stores that you can add to your roster. So I get why it means something. I guess. Okay, I mean, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. Even if Kevin joins the TAA, it doesn't mean all those people are going to carry his cigar. Are going to bring him? No, 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 no. But we're missing. I think his point was that Jesse had forget about the TAA had a foot in the door at these shops that maybe Kevin himself didn't have to get him at least get himself an audience at certain shops. Correct. Right. Right, so it would have taken you way longer to get in those shops than than with maybe, Jesse. maybe not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I who mean you have a good product and you're out there supporting the product and promoting it. Maybe not. Absolutely, which you are. I mean, you're you're on the road. I mean, I, Kevin and I talk socially. I love once it, man. While, and and he's everywhere. I mean, I was up on Long Island for a couple months, and I, I you were like all over the place. Yeah, I love it. It's the, Rocky to set up model, together. it's the Rocky Patel model of the business, man. That's how he built he his hit it right on the head. It's the Rocky Patel model of the business. That's how he built his company. Yeah. Literally. It's literally how he built his company. It's all about relationships. Sean's got it. Yep. Seeing the, so, forest, so in, through the, seeing the forest through the trees, not one and done. Building relationships. So, so, so in theory, you probably spend more time on the road. Than home? Yeah, well. I'm looking forward to coming home next week to a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, just in time. Might as well stay yeah. on the road. That's right. So Kevin's based in South Florida now. Yep. He's officially moved. Yeah, I just haven't found a house yet, but I've I've moved seven months ago. It ain't the time to buy either. Tell you that. <laughs> ain't time to buy. Still, prices are coming down, but still not the time to buy. I'm, Although I'm gold is getting cheap. You asked me on the last show we were on, when is the time to buy gold? And again, you don't tip because you're never winning when you tip things, but the dollar is getting so extended and so parabolic that it's coming to a phase soon where it's going to tank. Nobody, Listen, the graveyards of Wall Street were filled with people who were right, but early. Wow, that's what, what's, a great saying. Okay, what's tanking, gold or the stock market? The well, stock market's tanking. Gold's going down with it, even though there's inflation because the dollar is so strong. But nothing lasts forever, right? So the what pendulum swings. The pendulum swings to the extreme. So the extreme right now in the dollar is getting into a parabolic curve, and as that curve gets even steeper, eventually it's going to tank and gold's going to rip. So, so are you saying now is a good gold's time? Gold's going to rip like, down or rip up? Rip up. Oh, rip so up. gold's going to rip up? Yes. So keep the gold I have. Oh yeah, don't sell your gold. I'll buy it from you if you want to sell it down here. <laughs> I got it pretty cheap. I'm still on the uptick, even where it's at now. So it, but it's a good time to buy gold. I have a lot of these gold clients, so it's. A I good think time that to buy first gold, of all, I guess. every gold bull market has a silver top, 
And gold, mar gold bull markets usually last 10 years. We got to the seventh year when it hit 2000 for the second time. I think we're getting ready to make it. There goes Tyler. Yeah, Tyler melts it. So we're getting ready, I think, for the third phase of the gold bull market, which is the top, the blow-off phase. And I think that's going to happen when the dollar peaks out. And I'm watching the dollar carefully because the dollar is going on this curve, like I said. And that curve is getting a little bit too extended. So the only reason why I have gold, and I don't have a lot of gold. I actually have the one-ounce coins, okay? Um, you have physical gold, Abe? It's you, like the, the, you the have somebody storing coins. it for you. No, the one-ounce yeah. gold coins, okay. the eagle coins. Um, yeah. The only reason why I have them is in a global catastrophe. Right, insurance. That's all. I just, I'll have something to barter for a while until right. people start dying or we figure out what the hell is going to happen if, if paper <laughs> just goes out the window. There's no reason for me to ever sell it. What are you going to sell it for? No matter where it goes. I don't even watch what gold pricing is. It's literally locked up away for a global disaster. That's all I got gold right. for. I'm not trading it or trying to make money on gold. Well, it'll never go to zero. I, I, agree, you know but you got, I agree, but you got opportunities when it collapses enough to get in, right? So maybe you have, more, maybe you have a hundred dollar downside here. That's it. You need to buy more. Yeah, to add. To I add. think everyone should have 5%, 10% of their portfolio in gold and hope they never have to use it. In physical gold. Yeah, and hope they right. never have to use it as insurance. So I'm curious, Paul, what, what would not be gold, physical gold? Like your gold certificate? Yeah, kind of basically. Gold I mean, that's stored. You have it in hand, fuck it. The point a of lot gold of guys, is having it in hand. No, yeah, no. There's there's a lot of these companies do like you transfer your IRA into a into uh into their a leverage gold companies. account. I don't know. It's a little, Kevin, yeah. do me a favor. Send me a PM when you think it's dipped low enough that maybe we should get some more. Okay. Yeah, we're we're in, man. We'll buy with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it's almost down to where I bought it. So I mean, you know. What what is gold right now? Wasn't it at like thirteen hundred an ounce? Sixteen fifty one. Six yeah, sixteen fifty. I think I got in at about fourteen eighty. So. But, wow. Anyway. Um. So, COVID helped you out. Yes. Got your stores when now obviously everything's kind of normalized. Yes. A little bit. So, or let's just say it's a lot more normal. Have you seen it now? Harder to get new accounts. Is slowed up for you. I mean, during COVID, we were getting 1,500 new customers a month. And right. you know, we're not getting nowhere, nothing near that now. I mean, right, 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 right. Do you yeah. see it slow up? Has it become harder for you? Or did the getting into those stores during COVID spread the word out that people are calling you now and say, hey, well, my competitor's got this down the street. Let me check this out. Is it, is it, is it still going? Is the momentum still going? Yes, a little, a little of both because brick and mortars are getting more people coming into them. So we're starting to see people calling us out. We just got your name from someone else. Someone else came in here and asked for your cigar. Can we order? So we're starting to see stuff like that. Yep. More people are going to brick and mortars, I noticed. But there's still people out there smoking on their patio. But they're still smoking more than they were pre-pandemic. Yeah. No, one's, no one's smoking what they were during pandemic. No. I think those days are gone for good. Right. And if you're going back to work soon, you're not going to have the time. So it's right. Time and, yeah, in place. Absolutely. Um, if they go back to work, yeah. If they go back to work, I guess it's more than you, Paul. A lot of people go. I, I go. I I work every day. I worked every day during the pandemic, 
we just didn't work in an office. We got our office space is gone. I'll be working from home as long as I work for this company, I don't, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I there are I was talking about this the other day. There are there are weeks I don't leave the house except maybe to go outside and get the mail or take the golf cart out. I I'll take the golf cart out right. at lunch. It's dude, it's rough. It is rough. It sounds crazy. I mean, literally, the thirty days you stayed home with COVID was torturous. Yeah, literally. Torturous. I don't see people. I mean, torture. I see my neighbors. But the big banks are starting to make people go back to work. So companies like Renato so in New York City, who've gotten decimated because no one's going back to work. Insurance companies are making people go back to work, I notice. Yeah. It's, there's, there's, I have a bunch of friends that, are, like recently in the last year, have started to, to go back to, to work in some kind of a model, whether it's completely full-time or they have to go into the office three days a week, something like that. But... Now, you were at the trade show this last year, Kevin? No, I didn't go to the, the PCA, 2020, no. 2020, uh, this, this summer, you didn't go? No. Okay, so I'd just like to dwell into that before the break, and then we'll talk about the lines and, and your cigars. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Come back. Why did you feel – okay, so my first question is, did you go in 2021, the first show after the pandemic? No, I went to TPE. I didn't go in 21 because it was so close. I was planning on going the, uh, this year. But some issues came out. Okay. Have you, how many trade shows have you done in the six years you've been in business? I think five, four or five. Okay. So do you, do you plan on, are you not sure for 2023? I'm planning on 23. Do you feel for a company your size, it's imperative for you to be there, or are you going just because? Well, so a lot, of, a lot, a lot. Because look, there's always this thing, honestly, and it, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's still that way. Uh, I thought the psyche of the big four dropping out would kind of change it, but the psyche in our industry is kind of not really legitimate if you're not going to the trade show. Right. I don't know if that still holds fast in 2022, but coming up, you know, 26 years in the industry, man, if you weren't going to the trade show, I wasn't even sure if you were a legitimate cigar company. So. Right. How is your look on that as a six-year-old company who got in the business, then there was a pandemic for a couple of years? I mean, do you feel it's really imperative or are you? is it something you'd go for posturing or stature? I mean, 50-50 because I'm usually around the country anyway, and I like to meet people on the road face-to-face. -face. I understand the point about being at a trade show, that you get the whole industry is in one area and it supports the industry. That part I respect and I agree with that. But the other part of it, since I'm driving, since I'm out like probably 192 days of the year on the road, to me it's better. Where you know a guy takes two puffs of your cigars, maybe he smokes it, maybe he doesn't. He tries it out. I think with the word we're getting now, it's good for me to be at the trade show. But otherwise, I like being on the road, having personal interaction. I think that's more important for retailers still. They love that. That's my take on it. Do yeah, it's 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 you know. It's, I, I, I always try to look at the logistics of things. But is I respect it, the industry part too. I get that respect, but in, in a business sense, is there any way that going to a trade show is even economically sound business for a company your size? I'm 50-50 on that, Tiff. I mean, forget the exposure. I mean, forget the – but, but you know, but there's, a, know. Hard, I mean, there's, there's a, a hard expense for you to be at a trade show. It's not yeah. cheap, you know? Do, do you 
in the in the years that you've done it wasn't even profitable did you sell enough product to cover your costs of even going there and being there two years we did yes then in 19 oh. in 19 it was terrible okay yeah i mean i listen i i i i i was pleasantly surprised at this year's trade show compared to the year before um i think it moved in a better direction i still think they got a ways to go but if it keeps going the way it's going you know it could be a lot of improvements on the way it just depends you know a lot of times what happens when you see something like this they improve a little bit better they get a lot of pats on the back here oh yeah and, better, then, and then nobody does shit for five years <laughs> I mean, that's what happens people get complacent we, so we done good put on the pedal and keep the gas down and keep moving forward but for a company of your size, even even if the sales at the at the actual trade show don't cover the cost, isn't the exposure worth it for you? If, if these guys, if, if these retailers have never heard of you before, at least now they saw you at the trade show, and that's kind of an in for you. Yes. Or no? Does it not really work? That okay. I mean, so I, See, left, that would be I, my did, I did. Well, I did TPE in nineteen and twenty, right? 21 i think we did tp whatever it is the last year we did it i actually drove during the pandemic to vegas call me crazy but i did on the way back it took me four days to get there on the way back it took me 25 days because i stopped at every single shop i did four times the amount of sales i did at the show and everyone was happy to meet me and from word of right. mouth it made the company take off so i have like i said i'm 50 50 yes for the industry part it's important but i People love personal interaction. They do. They love the special. It's still a very big part of this business. What? It's Say still a again? very big part of this business, that yes. personal interaction. Yeah, because, yeah, you get the one deal at the trade show, but if you don't follow up, like I said, you have to see the forest through the trees, right? So it's building relationships. And that's how it is. And that's Alan how it always Rubin. was for me on Wall Street. So, Alan Rubin dropping turds of knowledge. Turds. Oh, hold on. Herds of knowledge. No tangible. <laughs> no shit, Alan. Value. It, it's, it's it's obvious. It's sales. Wait, what do it's, you mean? It's it's the sales no, numbers. No, he means just the value of exposure of being there. There's no. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a you measure sales. I mean, but, okay, thanks. Obvious. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a tangible thing. Mr. Wait, here, here, wait, Alan Rubin, Alan Rubin, Alan Rubin. Okay, now we can carry on. He got his. <laughs> Ooh, doggy. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even understand what product I get it now. But I mean, I think the industry as a whole has to stay together, right? Especially when everyone's always after cigars and tobacco. And I think that's important. I think 95 or at least 90% of the industry kind of is. You know, right. It's always kind of been that way. There's always the outliers. And there's always the people that are, you know, oh, the industry's all against me. And then... You got the guys on the fringe who don't even understand what the industry is. More of that today than ever. They're just out on the fringe. No clue. Some of these guys even sell stuff about tobacco licenses these days. It's crazy. It's like the Wild West, literally. So, all right, so good. So you, 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 you're looking. Now, question. If you're looking to do the t uh, trade show in 2023, would you still go to the TPE in 2023? That's the tough question. I mean, is it, is it really necessary to be a both no absolutely I, not I, I don't i can't okay so here's this is where i get kind of get lost because i've never been to the tpe 
ever. One year, I was supposed to go when I was on the board of the, at that time, RTDA. I was, I was supposed to go to do a reconnaissance mission with another retailer who sat on the board of me. We were supposed to go and just check it out and see what they were doing. I think it was right when the TPE just getting started and we wanted to check it out. And, of course, they booked me on Southwest, and there was a whole fiasco at the oh, airport. I never made it on the plane. I got tattoo, plane. Right? So, yeah, Paul, Paul pointed, and I ended up going to Key West and got this tattoo, which I always remember. That <laughs> Literally, I we couldn't get out of plane because I said, fuck this. I go, my wife, let's go. She says, where are we going? We rented a car, and we just drove to the Keys for four or five days. That's fucking Pretty awesome. Dinner. And my luggage and all that stuff went to – Vegas. We had to go buy clothes. So I never been there. And then I was there. I was at Vegas during the TPE uh, last year for my parents' 50th. My dad, you know, because of COVID and everything, they didn't really celebrate their 50th. So, like, he calls me. Listen, I'm going to take your Now that things are kind of normalizing, I'm going to take your mom to Vegas um, for her 50th. Do you and Brandy want to come? I'm like, sure, absolutely. Not knowing it was literally the week of TPE. So I'm trying to duck everybody, you know, <laughs> not let them know I'm there. And of course, I get seen a couple of times. I start getting, hey, please come by booth. I said, I'm not here for, for the TPE. So I've never been there. But as a manufacturer, there's no retailer, premium cigar retailer, I think, and, and maybe you would know, or maybe Coop can correct me or somebody if they know, that would go to the TPE that doesn't go to the trade show, the PCA show. So the um, TPE is a little different because I feel I feel like you get you, you get exposure to a lot of B and C stores, right? Big distributors, distributors who who put their product in B and C stores most right. of them, right? So, but my question is, if I'm a premium cigar maker making a artisan valuable product that's selling for seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dollars, do I want it in a B and C store? My opinion is no. That that but this is my huh. mentality. Maybe I'm backwards. Maybe I'm not getting it, but, you know, I don't know if I want my product there. You know, I don't know if I want my product I mean, right. next, to the beef, next to the beef jerky and the beef sticks and, you know, the sunflower seeds and, you know, my cigars are next to them. You know, I just don't know because that's where the most of the clientele that you're not going to see at the Premium Cigar Association trade show, you're going to see them at the TPE. That's where that product's going to end up, you know. Mount Blanc, Mount Blanc is a perfect example. You know, one of the most I mean, growing up, if you had a Mount Blanc pen, you know, you had a a very exquisite pen, or whatever. Then you know they started getting into Office Depots and anything, and no one gave a shit about Mount Blanc anymore. Like you know, you could get it like it felt like you get a Mount Blanc at Walgreens. But in the last ten years, they've pulled all that shit out. Now they're opening up these nice stores uh, in malls, and now that just sells their leather goods, their pens, or whatever. They're trying to rebuild that name because they think they ruined it. When they started selling in every, you know, five and dime, what you call it, or whatever. So, I, I don't know. I, that's that's the part of the TPE I don't understand. Okay, so that, that, Coop's got a point because they did offer to pay me. They offered to buy my hotel and airfare to go. So I think maybe a lot of retailers are maybe just going for a write-off or a vacation or just another reason to go to Vegas for a few days. But for a guy like you know, Kevin, if you're really looking to see guys like us, you're going to see us in July or whenever they right, move. Right. So I just don't know the, the 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 benefit of doing both. But, you know, when you figure it out, if you decide, let me know. I'm curious. I would like to see how, you know, manufacturers look at that situation. 
Well, I mean, you had guys like Soretsky was there. Gary Pesch was there. They were at TPE in 2020. So that was one reason why we did it that year. I don't know if Gary Pesch goes every year. I haven't talked to Gary in a while. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. It'll be, it'll be neither. It'll be something to see. But, you know, look, from what I hear, it keeps getting bigger. People talk about it. I mean, you're looking at the premium cigar industry now. People are making TPE releases. Well, also, it only costs for you to do a booth in TPE, like one of those, uh, what do you call it, pavilions. It only costs 10 grand opposed to PCA work. It costs anything. But PCA boots are getting smaller now again, from what I hear. So Yes, which I, I said was long overdue. Right, I agree. I, I've said for years the footprint's just getting too big. And it's unnecessary. It's like a bonsai tree just growing. <laughs> it needs to be trimmed down. That's how you keep something I, healthy. I, I agree. You trim it down. And it was just getting, I mean, you'd look down an aisle and not see nobody. You know, it made it look empty. I mean, it's, it's not It's not that attendance was really that much down. It's just the footprint kept getting crazy. And mm -hmm. toward the end, when they were allowing all the vape and the hookah people there, holy cow. That's, yeah, that's. That. That floor was immense. Like I really needed a go golf cart to get around the showroom floor. Oh, I know where you can borrow one. They're huge. There was there was I mean a whole like 20, 25 percent of the floor was, you know, hookah, hookah tobacco, all this other stuff that I guess now they they're not allowed to come. But we had a magician. I can see you on one year. of those jazzy. We hired a magician that year. It was pretty fun. The monumentalist. Oh, it was hilarious. We had like. We had like you, a line. You do your own magic? Wait, we had a line. No, I hired somebody. Listen, I've been over the years lately. I belong to the Society of American Magicians, but I've been collecting old magic. I haven't really been performing. That's the truth. That's what I've been doing for years, and I love it. You know, I go on these auctions like Martinka, which is like one of the oldest magic stores, and I go in there and they bid. But you know, sometimes I lose out because Copperfield's always bidding so far ahead of everybody else. He has a giant, probably the biggest Houdini collection out there. Really? Yeah, I don't think you can outbid Copperfield. Nobody right. can outbid. Nobody <laughs> can outbid Copperfield. Right. Well, you, you don't give a fuck. Oh, Ten million? All right. Hey, book me a show next weekend. I think he was making <laughs> yeah, like exactly. fifty million a year or something for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Well, anyways, listen, we got to take a quick break. Um, we're going to talk about all the awesome Rockefeller cigars, including this one. I've been enjoying uh, pretty much. Well, it's nice. Lit. Yeah, I've been enjoying this one the, the pretty much the whole the part in. Excellent cigar. Uh, we're going to test Kevin's musical. Are you good at music? You know music? We're going to test your musical acumen. Right, in hour two, we're going to have the new scoop with Coop. See what's going on in news, and we're going to find out. Uh, we're going to put Kevin through the grinder. Would, would, you, would you rather? All in our number two. We'll be right back. Keep it lit. All right. Phenomenal. 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 Explore the unexplored with St. Louis Ray Carenas. Set sail to discover an extraordinary Honduran cigar deeply anchored in tradition. The St. Louis Ray Carenas features a Nicaraguan wrapper, 
cloaked over 100% Honduran tobacco that make up the binder and filler. The St. Louis Ray Carenas, in the Toro size, received a 93 rating in Cigar Aficionado and was featured in their illustrious Top 25 Cigars of 2021 list. The St. Louis Ray Carenas is available in four different sizes, a Robusto, Toro, Bellicoso, and Magnum. So get ready to take a trip back in time to experience the heritage of St. Louis Ray with the St. Louis Ray Carenas. There you have it. Phenomenal. I knew you were running because I heard my door get suctioned by the pressure. Yeah, somebody was banging on the door, too. I think uh, I think the guys got their Jupiter Donuts delivery. Or... Oh, everybody got excited. Great smoke. We are we are deep in it. Mardi Gras this year. Um, tickets go on sale November 1st. It's going to be one heck of a year. In fact, that's oh, over there. I'm not going to grab it, but I... I I sported a hat during one of our live broadcasts. Um, all the swag is coming in. It's going to be real cool stuff this year. At TGS, we can flash for cigars instead of beads. Well, can, can we? You can, but we. I got 15,000 beads coming, so we're going to be throwing beads. <laughs> is it going to be that kind of a thing? Is there going to be like... Uh... Don't get excited, Paul. I'm just wondering. Right. I, you know. We're going to make sure Quentin flashes you. Yes. Oh, great. That's what I need. <laughs> That's what I need in my life. This is the biggest of this is the biggest event I have in my life uh, for the next year. I, I'm not leaving the house until then. It doesn't seem like if I don't get to San Diego, I'm not going anywhere. Is that storm really coming up the east? I thought it was going to the west coast. Who knows? What's the Gulf? I'm telling it's you, going to the west coast, go, but it's a big storm. I literally wait till like to see like the day before, whatever. You know, we might get some water. Yeah, you know, we always have water at the warehouse. You know, we we're grab some water. I don't even worry about the gas. There's no electric. Where am I going anyway? You know, we fill up the tanks well, right before. And that's it's it. funny because Stephanie yesterday just had to make a quick stop to get my parents are coming this weekend and she they're lining up some food. Well, no, they wanted to get. To, yeah. And she said that she were there was an announcement while she was in the back at Costco grabbing like seltzers and they're like, water is now here. And she said, <laughs> I mean, she said it was a herd of people like wildebeest come run it. And she's like, Screw this. I guess I'll get water if everybody needs water. She took like four cases of water. We have some here. We always have some. So she got like four cases of water and like ran out of that place. She's like, I guess now we don't have to go. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be that big a deal. It's just big a big deal for us because it's the first time in the new house. So who knows? It may just blow over. It's never been through a hurricane before. So we'll see. Bye. <laughs> find out if they built it right or not I'll tell you that. <laughs> well I, I'll, I'll say this there was a hurricane when it was being built but that was when it was like just cinder blocks so there was nothing in the house and there was no roof on the house so it obviously did fine i'll tell you what we yeah lose, i don't know we lose electric like in a simple thunderstorm sometimes and the last big hurricane that went through we didn't lose it or barely lost it. I mean, an hour it was like insane but we're also not far from the wellington hospital so usually it's not too that's why I never lost power at my house there. Yeah, it's not my community is right next to it. 
before it comes back. But now out. I live right by the power plant, so worst comes to worst, I can run like a, a five mile cord from there to my house. No, nope. be fine. So no, am I better off in Wellington, Parkland, Delray, or Boca? Like what? I mean, where am I safe? I'm not safe either of them, right? You know, you know. You listen, as long as you don't live east of ninety five, you're good. You're a little bit better. Let's put it that way. Well, right. somebody's like, oh, the mosquitoes are so bad on the west coast of Florida. I'm like, you haven't lived in Long Island. I mean, you know, they're like, oh, you go in by the, the summer, Epic, you're going to get with mosquitoes. I'm like, you don't know what mosquitoes are. Listen, I tell you, the one thing we got in Florida, I don't care where you live, is I never see a mosquito. We get that screen My point. here. It's the best. And I tell you what, man, like, I'll be out at night and all of a sudden I'll be like, the fuck is that? And I'll go <laughs> look. And either the pool cleaner or some jackass left the door open. You know, and then I got to close it and I got to go get the blue light and leave it out for two or three nights to kill everything that yep. came in there. But man, I mean, we, we, I, I love my backyard and my thing, man. We live there all out there all year round, never get bit. You know, you can't do that up north because the snow would cave it in every winter. So, yeah. <laughs> We get the benefit I don't have that. that yet. I don't have that yet. We have a tiny little screened in area, but yeah, the bugs, but even just a couple miles West of you, the bugs here are insane. When I walk the dog at night, Oh my God, I get pelted. It's insane. Sean, I, I don't, um, I don't have backup power. Um, because one is we don't have the lot line to build like the underground gas thing and keep it going because they have these nice setups where actually it, it'll maintain itself because that's that's the one thing about the generators most people don't use natural of them. gas well yeah but you need that you need to put the tank underneath and you need to be so far away from your house or whatever because my wife would have loved to have the natural gas stove and we can't get it because we can't even put a tank that someone could fill because there's not enough room I mean, if we take out our back pool. You don't, there's not natural gas to your development there? That's nope. a fairly new development. Oh, nope. wow. Yep. Mine mine wasn't that way either. Here, we have natural gas, so everybody's putting in those Generacs, and they, they just get a natural gas line put natural in. Natural gas has eluded me since I moved to Florida, everywhere I've lived. So one of the things, if we move the next house, definitely, if it doesn't have natural gas, we're not moving there. They, they're not building new communities without natural gas in Palm Beach County, from what I understand. That's like a... That's what everybody looks for. They're like, I'm sick and tired of electric stoves. Same with me. I, I've never had natural gas except for when I was growing up as a kid. I've, any place I've ever lived always had electric. Everything. I'll, I'll tell you what, after, hur gas. after Hurricane Sandy, I mean, we had we didn't have a generator, right? And I lived on the water. And after Hurricane Sandy, I sat with my son to like 5 a.m. to get a generator, right? Thank God I got one. Five weeks without power. They were not prepared. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Three quarters of the house gone. I mean, it was it was bad. Sandy was a bad, bad. Five story. weeks without power, I leave the state. Yeah, well. Yeah, we, we would. Were, we were huddling up in front of the fireplace, and I had a lot of friends up north who had wood, so they brought down wood for me. But it was it was bad. I, I mean, like the whole place stopped. The gas stations were closed. It was it was nuts. You were you were on the South Shore, right? Right in Belmont. Yep. Yeah, so not far from where I, I grew up in West Babylon, where my parents still were. No. We we all hunkered down at my brother's house in Port Jeff until they got... And their house was destroyed. I mean, they, they had like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth Same of thing. damage to their house. Yep. But So we, they couldn't live there anyway. But yeah, we, we hunkered down but, up north on the north shore of Long Island. They had power within a couple a, days. It was out right. for a few days. And that was a Category 1, but it had a huge Arctic storm holding it down from Canada. Yep. So it just sat on the island. Yep. Anyway, all right. Well, before we get into cigars, we're going to test your musical acumen. 
We have a wonderful segment by Olive Cigars called Name That Jam. We're going to see if we can name that jam. because I got to do this now because we always talk about it and then we forget about it. Um, we're going to get into Rockefeller Cigars. Code, anybody wants to go to our site because we, 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 get, we get it and then we forget about it and we got people on. So we're going to, after Name That Jam, we're going to talk to Kevin about his cigars. But if you want to go to smokein.com and check out his product for this weekend only because he came on KMA Talk Radio, you can save an additional 15% on all of his brands by using the code ROCK15. Just remember that ROCK15, because we're going to start talking about his brands, and we'll put the code back up there. If you see something you want to try, so you can save an extra 15% on all his line. That being said, now it's time for Name That Jam by Elbow Cigars. Kevin, are you familiar with this episode? Basically, it's like Name That Tune back in the days. We're going to play three seconds of a song, and we're going to see if you can name that jam. You ready? Go for it. Go. All right. I know the song. I don't know the name. Oh, oh! I'll, I'll play it again. Maybe, maybe the the lyrics well, will help you out a little bit. Do? I just don't know the name of the song. <laughs> Slow down. I don't know the name. It was British rock. I would have nailed it, but I don't know the name. This was tailored to you. British rock is your genre. Yeah, I grew really? up. My sister was a hippie growing up, so. I got like all the rock albums growing up as a kid. First album I got was American Beauty, Grateful Dead. And then from there it went on. You know, I, saw Jerry, I saw Jerry Garcia's last concert ever at Soldier Field. Wow. Yep, passed away. All right, let's name the jam. Too new for you. That's perfect golden magic. I should have had that. I, listen, that's, that's what I was going for. <laughs> I love Bruno Mars. Kevin, I'm sorry, my friend, but you are unable to name that jam. This segment brought to you once again by the fine folks over at Avo Cigars, eloquently making music with tobacco for decades. That good being said, it is a good song. Now let's talk cigars. Why don't you tell us about the line, your lines, Kevin? What what they entail? What kind of what a consumer could expect by you know to look for in smoking each one? All right, so our cigars are aged anywhere between eighteen years, eighteen years, eighteen months. Okay. Of Listen, I was just getting ready to call you out. <laughs> I was just getting. I was like, what? Eighteen months and two years. He's getting the polonies. You started to sound like months. Rocky Patel for a second. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, Burke, a 15-year seller. Is he still advertised with us? I think we might not get him next year. Now, yes. Right? <laughs> yes, he does. Oops. He does. Oops. I'm about to put his ad up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in Nicaragua last week, man. There was nobody there. I had a great time, though. I mean, Av Avianca flew down, but no other airlines were flying down. Delta and I think American is starting again in November because the festival is coming up in January. I plan on going wow, back in January. Before the, pandemic, before the pandemic, I was going down constantly, and then I didn't go since the pandemic. 
So it was nice to be back down there, sit with the blend, master blender. It was great because I like to be involved in the blending process, as most people who know me know that. Most of our cigars we use Viso. We don't use Lajero. But like if we're using Estelia, Condega, Viso, we're using the fourth and fifth priming. So it's got some beautiful flavor in the leaf, and it's a strong flavor. You know, I always ask everybody if they want strength, do they want strength in strongness of the cigar or strength in flavor, right? And we like to use the full flavor. I'm smoking the last kind of soul we did, which I know you guys liked it. And, and just so you know, that was the highest rated cigar of the month. Thank you. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. You're, for August, so, right? You know, we've been running, yeah. for those of you who are watching us, um, we've been running this thing called the Connoisseur Club. It's coming to its closing. We've ran it for two years. So December will be the last batch. Um, but it's this great blind program where we have uh, manufacturers and brand owners make a blend specifically for our group. They don't know who made it. It's labelless. They smoke it. They get to review it, rate it, and then we tell them 30 days later who the cigars was. And Kevin's Year Cigars rated the highest out of the five for that month. So, right. So, since you're kind of sore club, we came out with the Sumatra the first time. I didn't have a Sumatra in the line. And now we're about to band it and box it and add it to the line. So, that cigar has done extremely well for us. We've made exclusives from the program. And this cigar, we're doing exclusives now, too. So, it's been, it's, thank you for putting me in that program. It's been a great experience and it's been wonderful. Your cigar, the month club, as I told you, has been great, too. I just go to random stores and people are like, oh, I, I smoke your cigar from Cigar In, from Smoke In. And I was like, oh, yeah, which is no, another great program. Listen, we, we look, that's how we run our Cigar of the Month Club. We, 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 we believe, one, it's a great, in fact, I, I think it's our, one of our highest read, read blogs, Alex. We, there was a great blog written. It's on our blog page. I think I posted it on social media. Um, why, whether you're a veteran or new to the cigar industry, that a good cigar club can enhance your cigar experience, right? There's a great blog, and maybe I'll post the link uh, in the comments here. But, um, you know, we believe it's great for consumers because it really enhances their horizons, getting them to try things they would have never tried. Make right. We get it all the time, find new things they like. But what we get back from the manufacturers is exactly what you said. They travel, they're in a shop, and someone will say, hey, I just tried your cigar. And that store is not currently carrying it or whatever, but, you know, it's bringing exposure. So hopefully that helps guys like you and get it out there and, Maybe some new accounts will pick it up just because they're consumers. You know, we all share consumers. I mean, nobody has right, right. 100% consumer rate. So we know that, you know, while a majority of our customers shop with us, they buy for a little here, a little there, their local brick and mortar. So hopefully we're, we always hope that it helps get the brand out there. So no, it's a good partnership. It's a good partnership. It works both ways. No, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, Let's let's break down each line and, and what it embodies so consumers who are looking for something milder, medium, or stronger can know what to try if they're not familiar with your with your lines. Okay, so we have we have a full Nicaraguan Maduro line, Habana line, and Connecticut line. A Connecticut is Ecuadorian Connecticut with Sumatra and Nicaraguan fillers. Our Habano is Ecuadorian Habano with Nicaraguan and Dominican fillers. We just came out with a Lonsdale on that line that we already sold out of, that we're making more of them. That was actually a cigar for the show, but because we didn't go, we sold it out anyway because we made it. The so, Nicaraguan Habano. Yeah. As soon as they come in, I'll get it to you. It's a great cigar, but it's in abundance. We haven't built a box yet for it. I know you like boxes. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably why he didn't bring it in. Um, well, we made it in bundles for the show to give out. Right, right, right. That... 
boxes seem to be a problem across anybody, everybody now, even big companies. I oh, hear still. still. Still, one of our box makers went out during the pandemic. We just got a new one. It's been, yeah, the boxes have been a headache. The so cigars are the easy part. The cigars are the easy part. It's always been that way. Packaging's always way harder and longer than cigars. So if you had to go from mildest to strongest, which order would you tell consumers to try your cigars? Okay, I would try the the Ecuadorian Connecticut from the mildest. It's like a it's like a mild to medium. Then I would go with the Habano or a Dominican Blue, which is out of our wonderful factory, Dominican Republic Tobacco Lara L and V, and they've grown. They have about a hundred rollers now. It used to be a small family place. Wow. With Victor De La Cruz, they've grown during the pandemic, and um, that's a great cigar. It comes in a short pyramid, a five by fifty-one. That's an excellent cigar. It comes in a Churchill, and it freaking base. Okay, and it comes in a Toro. That's wonderful. Now, then the Maduro smokers, I would go with the Gold Series. The Gold Series is a very nice cigar. It's a San Andreas, Pennsylvania broadleaf. Uh, Nicaraguan Nicaraguan fillers. It's it's got a beautiful draw. I love it. That's it's aged at a different farm. It's a great cigar. And then we have the Maduro Red Line, which is um which is a wonderful line too, which is the same same exact profile as the other one, but it's not as aged as long. And it's not going to knock your ass off. I mean, it's just loaded with flavor. And then I'll add I'll add phenomenal too. Go ahead. No, no, no. Typically, and I'm just curious how it is for you, is there are guys who really get into the understanding of tobacco and blending before they ever say, hey, I want to get in the brand. They're just geeks. Like Steve Stock is one of them. Right. Steve Stock has been talking to me about tobacco before he was ever even anywhere near the cigar business. Um, were you like that, or did you get more like that after you acquired Rockefeller Cigars? I got more like that after I acquired Rockefeller Cigars. Okay. I started smoking individual leaves and then compartmentizing the taste in my head after going down there so many times. And then when I would pick up any cigar, they would just pop out. So I have a problem now when I smoke cigars because I start critiquing them. And, and I don't enjoy them as much as I used to. So I got to stop critiquing and just smoke them. You know what I mean? Yep. Because How I'm did always you pick looking, your cigars? I'm always looking like, do I want that flavor in my brand? Go ahead. How did you how did you pick what you would smoke? Because you were a cigar smoker for 20-something years before you, you came right. into the brand. How did you decide what cigars you would smoke? Was it just from friends that said, try this? Or or were you looking for a specific flavor? So I became a big Illusion fan. I started smoking the, I love the Epernay, the Maduro Ultra when it came out of Racist back in the day. So I got into Illusion pretty early. And I was smoking a lot of Fuente 858s. But over the last 10, I don't know, 10, 12 years, the flavors have changed so much. The Nicaraguan fillers, you know what I mean? The way you use them, you could change them up. Like, so the Connoisseur Club was an Ecuadorian Habano with Pennsylvania in it. Not many people make an Ecuadorian Habano cigar with Pennsylvania in it. And I, that's why it's special, in my opinion. I mean, I love it. The Art of Magic well, line. Well received. Yeah. I was going to ask you next. Tell us about this cigar. Which one? The Art of Magic. So the Cardition was based on a guy named Edward Marlowe. And you're from Chicago. On the north side of Chicago, there was a place called Trillions. And all the magicians used to hang out in the back room. And he created, and I felt like Cardition was a good cigar for the cigar industry because Edward Marlowe, who's not alive now, passed away, created something called the Cigar Deal. And he would deal cards holding the cigar, and he was known for that. And he would blow away other magicians because at the end of the day, he'd end up with a royal flush 
or all aces, and they never even saw him doing it. <laughs> so that's where huh. the cardition came from. It means expert in card magic. That's why when you open it up, it's like opening up a deck of cards, the box. And, and what makes this cigar special? So it's a Cameroon box press with Nicaraguan fillers, and I put the master blender's name on the box. So he made it really special because no one's ever done that for him before. We like to give recognition where it is. And Jose Valdez is a fourth-generation Cuban grower. He's a damn good blender. Do you, will this will this be released again in different variations? Is there any future for? So there's enough. So the thing with Art of Magic is we want to make one at every different factory. So the first one was at Aganosa, as you know. Yes. The second which was, was an amazing cigar. The second one was the one you smoke in the Cardition. And there's maybe four boxes left. They're all gone. We sold out of it quick. The third one's coming out in the fall. Well, we're in the fall. The third one's coming out at a Tobacco Lair L&V. All I'm going to say is that it's, uh, first of all, Jesse did the artwork. And it's an interesting cigar. It's a Lonsdale. That's all I'm going to say. But with Cooper, yeah, The artwork is awesome. With Kubra. You seem to have a very close relationship with Jesse. How did that happen? During the pandemic. Really? Yep. During the pandemic, he acted like a liaison for me and went to the factories and helped me out a great deal. Oh. Wow. I couldn't get down there. And then we started talking. And I was always a big fan of his artwork. And the art of magic, that reminds me of the dirty rat a little bit, but it's in a rabbit. I actually think it's nicer than Dirty Rat. No offense, Jonathan, but I, I thought it came out great. Oh, interesting. Amazing the things that came out of the pandemic. Yeah. Now, you've met, I'm going to assume you've met Jesse by now. First time last week. Was it really? Wow. <laughs> How was that? It was great. I mean, it was just, you know, he lost a lot of weight from what I hear. But okay. he, uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Me it was great meeting him. I mean, I met a lot of people. I met Kamish from the pandemic, and we became good friends. I've met various people from the pandemic. Thor, I never knew Thor before. He's an interesting character, but I met him during the pandemic. <laughs> What's very funny is now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of the people I, have, I deal with on a regular basis now as friends or whatever, and, or you know, even as consumers slash friends, I can't really differentiate it half the time. Are people I met during the pandemic? Now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't meet you till during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. A lot of good things came out of the pandemic. So we're gonna have. So we have the next three art of magics planned over the next year. Oh, okay. So after it runs that, got a lot of work. You hit every factory. Is it going to be over? I don't know yet. Don't know yet. You don't know plans on record. No, I don't know if it's going to be over yet. It's it, it's received so well. And the last I visited, I'll tell you the last three factories I visited when I was in Nicaragua. That's all I'm going to say, and you can pick which one. Aganosa, AJ Fernandez, and Placencia. It's oh. a nice lineup. Yep. Is there is there ever a chance of it of one of them going into regular production? I don't think so. I like that. He didn't say no. A lot of people make that. <laughs> a lot of people make we'll that. Never mistake. say never. Never say right. never. Never say never. Um, well, before I we smoked bring... the first one, but not the second. 
I really like the first one. I smoked one. both. I think I, I think smoked I the got, first one with you. I think I still got one of the first ones behind me in the cabinet. Um, Before we bring Coop on. Coop's I, not home. He's not on me this week. I don't know, but he's not here what? yet. Oh, Coop's he's not, not here, here yet. yet. I'm, oh, I'm messaging not. him now. I'm messaging him now. I'll well, I guess we ain't going to bring Coop on. But listen, I know you got something lying around. and you, we, we asked you the last show. I don't know Paul Pepper's right. But you gotta do a magic trick for us while we while we got John. Tell me you got something there you can do a trick. I mean, I could do something. Yeah, there you go. I gotta yeah, borrow, I gotta borrow an assistant. Mikey, can you come here for a sec? Is that Mikey Walnuts? Yeah, Mikey Walnuts. Hey, Mikey Walnuts. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this. Coop is on when we're ready. He wants to do a card trick, yeah. I like how am I gonna do this though? It's like I'm not used to doing it like I told you last time on video. All right, we'll bring Mikey over here. There you go. All right, I'll get I'll get you guys on full screen. You might as well leave him on the rest of the show, the rest of the show. I feel bad making him get up and sit down. We can leave it on. It's up to you. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, you know. All right. You gotta have a guy like Walmart. A name like Walmart on the show. You got it. So show the screen. Yeah, show show us. All right. Yeah, show us, Mikey. That's what it is, guys? All right, we got it. All right. Okay. We won't right. say it. All right. well, no, no, of course not. Of course not. Three of diamonds. Go ahead. Place, yeah. place it in the deck. So the card's back in the deck, right? It's hard to do this. All right. So you're fine. Your hands are there. You're fine. Yeah, this is great. All right. So this is a little European cut that I learned a long time ago. So listen, I got a cousin. Well, hold on. This is our U.S. cut. Simple. And this card's lost, right? I mean, it could be anywhere, but it's lost. Any of these your cards anywhere over here? How am I going to? Oh, there you go. You got it. There we go. All right. Any of these your cards over here, Mikey? No. None of them, right? None of them. So I'm going to make a prediction for one card. So you're saying you're saying the card is no longer in that deck? It's no longer in the deck, right? Huh. And I put the card in the middle of the card, so... He didn't. He didn't see the card. See, that's the, it's hard to do this on here, but whatever, we'll try. Yeah, you could, you could, you could. All right, so we're gonna use the jack. The jack is magical because watch closely. The jack, if you spin it, becomes the four of clubs. That's who's Dini's card. The four of club is gonna help me find Mikey's card. You believe it? The problem is no. the card's not in the deck. You know why? Because it was never in the deck. What was your card? Four of spades. It's sitting right here under my phone. <laughs> Check that out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It's hard to do it on this, but hold on. We're not done yet. Oh, encore. We're going to ask you to pick one more card. Zoom it in, Tell me what to stop. Tell me what to stop anywhere you want. Right there. Now, come on. You got to be quick. Tell me. Ah, uh, now. Right here. Okay. Take the card. Don't show it to me. All right. Show it to the camera. Show it to the camera again. A little higher. A little higher. A little higher. We can't see it. There we go. Right. Okay. Okay. What'd you do? You took the same huh. card? <laughs> Fucking guy took the same card. He took the same card. Yes, he did. Out of the middle of the deck. <laughs> How's that work? It's That's easy. Crazy. Here, look. Spin him around. Yeah. Take it right out of his pocket again. <laughs> Whoa. <Was it> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It is, right? Magic's fun, but you see, you got to really watch, watch closely because we can put that card back again. You watching? Higher up. Oh, God. Yeah, I saw it go from a jack to a four. Wow. You know, when I was doing the event in West Palm, I was, like, doing magic for everybody over that, that night. It was great. 
Now, do you consider yourself a Kardashian? I'm a Kardashian, yes. Okay. So, got a question for you. I got a cousin who's really hardcore into magic. Like, he can make himself levitate 10 feet away from you and shit. He's been doing it his whole life. In fact, he's one of the cousins that he said as a kid I did your magic. Let's leave, let's leave Mikey on, man. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Leave Mike on. So, hey, Mike, where, where exactly? You're in Georgia, right? Your shop's in Georgia? Yeah, McDonough. McDonald, Georgia. So he is not only a Kardashian, but he's one of these guys that he can fling the cards up in the air. Is that called something else? No, it's called a Kardashian. Yeah, he can literally fling four of them. He can juggle cards. He can spin it across the room, make it come back. He folds them along all his hands. It's like nuts to watch him. I'm going to see if I can, he's got a bunch of videos on YouTube. I got to find him. He does shit. That sounds like witchcraft. Huh? <laughs> I said, but, that sounds like witchcraft to me. Yeah, Coin, I, I love Coin. So here's what got me into magic. It's really interesting. I was 10 years old, and my parents are like, you have to go to the dentist, right? My first appointment. I'm like, I fucking hate the dentist. I heard such bad, whatever. I went to the dentist. They tried doing impressions. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, oh, watch this. He took a coin and went like this and vanished. I'm like, holy shit. He got my attention, so I let him do it, and that got me into magic. Huh. That's one of the things. The other thing is my father took me to see the great Richard, uh, Richard, uh, Amazing Randy. In uh, Oh, I know what? the Amazing Randy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he buzzsawed somebody, right, and they walked the audience around. I was like, that can't be fucking real. It was amazing. Yeah. Magic is cool shit. I hope All it right. came out good. It's hard to, you know. Were you no, able it to did. All right. no, yeah, it, came looked over. Great. it looked great. I was just talking about my cousin. I, you know, he does card tricks, phenomenal card tricks too. But I'm always more impressed by the other shit that he's doing because that's just not magic. That's just skill. Manipulation. Like, yep. It's mind blowing. Flipping cards behind his back, catching them. I mean, it's just nuts when you watch this kid do it. I mean, it really is an art form. I'm gonna find one of his videos and, and post it. Yeah, that would be yeah, awesome. I'd love to see it. KMA show. Yeah, his name is. Well, it's actually anybody who's followed me. Where. It's my cousin who like, went and opened up Fatty Dab's Burger in the Middle East. It's Fatty oh, Dab. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, the restaurant took off. He was here in Florida for many years. He was in Chicago. When I moved to Florida, he came down with another cousin of mine. They had a restaurant here. Um, then he went back to Chicago, then went to the Middle East, opened up Fatty Dab's Burgers, which is really famous over there. And I guess it does so well that he spends like six, eight months a year like Jack Kerouac. And he's out in California in the mountains. And oh, that's awesome. Here goes there. Does like he'll literally do he'll walk down like like you know like the strip in Vegas or and just do magic tricks and record it on that's YouTube awesome for people and just yeah he's he's like Jack Kerouac. You know? I also wanted me to show you that the art of magic cards. Oh I yes, that. that's cool. I noticed, I noticed that. All, All right, right. Well, we got an interesting week. I think we're gonna have uh, some uh, interesting news. Uh, let's get our uh, favorite KMA contributor on on and see what is the scoop with Coop this week. What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Good morning. Hanging in there, hanging in there. Oh, you sound a little tired today. Um, I Actually, it's not that. I, um, I had oral surgery this week. So um, I'm still. You had oral what? Oral surgery. 
Oh, surgery. I thought I had, you said something else. Yeah, I had yeah. having two six seconds. <laughs> It's funny, Kevin oh, called me up. Too much information there. <laughs> Kevin calls me up like midweek. He's like, "Hey, I'm down here at uh, you know the local store." I'm like, uh, "Kevin, I just got like literally out of uh, the dentist's office." Like, so I was half numb and everything. But uh, unfortunately, no smoking for a while for me is the bad news. I'll I'll puff for you, buddy. Yeah, and no shaving. So if you see, <laughs> I always like texting blends with Coop when I get cigars. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's good. So yeah, sorry I missed you, Kevin. But uh, yeah, good. don't worry about it. It, it would have been, it would have been more painful. To kind of watch you guys smoke while I'm like sitting there. But, <laughs> uh, All right, buddy. What is the scoop this week? Well, I guess we're talking about cards. So speaking of a house of cards, um, I guess we'll get right into this. The um, I think a lot of people know about this whole crown heads ace prime split. Man, you just went right for the steak. Didn't you skip the potatoes and vegetables? Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, so um you know and we see you know you know what's interesting about this story distribution agreements ending isn't really I don't want to say it's not newsworthy it's part of business right so I it's mean seldom, it, has, it seldom works but it seldom works right seldom works historically it's destined to fail. Yeah. This one has really gotten it fell off the wheels though is what I'll just say. Um we had Luciano on a few weeks ago, right? And I remember you asking the question about um, would he go to the trade show on his own? Oh, Kevin. Is that you in the background? No. It was oh, Mikey. Okay. I told him. Oh, no, no. You can mute. If he needs to talk, you can I mute. I muted him. Oh, you got it? All right. Good man, Paulie. I got it. Yeah. Way, way to produce, Paul. I'm caught off guard. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so I remember when, when we had Luciano on, Abe, you specifically asked the question about whether he would go to the trade show on his own uh, the following year. I and did. He, yes, you did. No clue what was going on. And, and, and so I'm just going to say this. Right after that show, I started getting phone calls. Like, like do you guys know something or anything like that, right? Um, I still really didn't know everything until probably – the media got an email saying there was a and, and this is what happens when you send an, an email to the media saying you have a big announcement the media is going to jump all over this stuff and and that's essentially what happened he sends an email saying uh, i'm going to make a big announcement following inner tobacco but why do that uh, you know i i, I never I, i've never made an announcement that i'm going to make a big announcement I, I, look i i agree and he was you it know was look, almost we, as if he was trying to rush that he was wanting to talk about it first. Is it right. Right. And yes. And the other problem was I don't think he wanted to talk about it until enter into tobacco, which I can understand, right? No, I can understand, but it's like he yeah. wanted to let people know yeah. something I want to talk about, but I'm gonna wait till I have yeah. But we're yeah. I'm bringing so, it up first now. So what happened was I'll give you a little insight perspective from what happened. Um he has to like, book a bunch of shows, okay? Now, my rule is I won't book a show unless I know – even though I knew what the topic probably was, I didn't know how this was all flushing out. I wasn't committing to any show unless I knew what it was going to be. A bunch of media guys jumped on this. So he's lined up for like the, – the, last night was the first of four shows. He did the dojo show last night. There's like four other shows I think after this. But I think Crown Heads um, – Crown Heads, I don't know what happened. Something happened – um communication wise with those two so initially they were they, they supposedly we heard from luciano 
that they were going to make a joint announcement announcing the breakup, right? Which you see a lot of companies do. Hey, everything's great. We move our own ways. But then what happened is Crown Heads actually sends out a, a an actual press release saying, um, you know, that they ended the they terminated the agreement with Luciano. Luciano responds back to the media again saying, no, it was me who terminated the agreement, right? So the fact that they're arguing who terminated the distribution agreement, we knew it was Right. It really is, because who cares? It, 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 you know what? This could have been, like, oh, I think this was not handled right by both parties, to be honest with you. But Luciano went on Dojo's show last night. And right before that show, we get another email from Crown Heads, which is basically a cease and desist. Uh, but not, it's a cease and desist. Uh, they said they sent a cease and desist to Luciano saying you can't talk about Crown Heads anymore and disparage them. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry I interrupted you because I'm wondering who keeps on posting the Alan Rubin obvious statements. <laughs> the Paul DeGrocco, are you funny like, to me. Are you Alan Rubin like uh, infatuated? No, it's just funny to me. <laughs> well, is this yeah, obvious? I mean, <laughs> is that why you're laughing while Coop's talking? I'm I'm seeing you smile. Like something's yeah. going on in the background. So wait, right, so come on, come on. Last night, yeah, I didn't hear this stuff. Last night, Luciano he, was coming on the dojo. Right. And he go right. Yeah, and like about an hour before dojo, we get a, a another press release from Crown Head basically saying we have issued a cease and desist uh, against Luciano cigars. Now, in the middle of all this, he rebranded Ace Prime to Luciano what? Cigars. Wait, cease and desist what? What do they want me to cease and desist? Uh like cease speaking untruth any, or yeah, yeah, I'll read you exactly what it says. Cease and desist with any and all defamatory comments towards Crown Heads and those associated with Crown Heads. To this point, these comments have included falsehoods, portions of electronic communications that were intentionally and deliberately altered to be taken out of context, and fabricated stories that hold zero truth or merit. Okay, so... So what, are they saying that, that, that it's slander? They're, that's they're, that's the legal recourse that they want to take. It's sounding like that, but it's sounding like that there was there's been comments made, um, somewhere. Like, yeah, I mean, okay, so that was my question. Have you heard any derogatory comments made anywhere? Um, publicly, publicly, not publicly. publicly not it does matter because even if it's even if it's private, it can matter. I, I that I know for a fact. It can if matter. It's, if it's private, it's typically hearsay. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's public. If it's private, it, it becomes hearsay. If they feel it's damaging their business, it's another story, though. I understand, but, but you can see yeah. some hearsay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it happens all day long. Yeah. Listen, I got a guy who defamed me publicly on your show or whatever, live. And, you know, right. Well, I, I had the same thing. I had I had uh, that guy, that retailer in Philadelphia, accusing me of calling yeah, the Philadelphia I mean, Phillies on him. Yeah. I mean, I had, that, I had to deal with it, too. Yeah. I don't think I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't heard. I haven't heard or seen anything defamatory. I get the hey, we we say we broke up. I say we broke up. Yeah. All right, that happens. You know. So, but so here's where it gets even more interesting. Oh, right? there's more. There's more. So apparently, I, I there was a Luciano actually messages me last night saying, "Not I sent them a cease and desist first. It's what. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Right, um, and he says I can support this, but he didn't show me the season. This it's supported through dated emails, right, and stuff like that. This thing is absolutely hitting the walls, right? 
here's the other thing I'm just going to kind of throw out there, which I haven't heard anyone talk about, right? So, Pachardo. Yeah, where is that? How does that so, work? So here's the question I'm asking right now. And I, because I had this oral surgery, I haven't really been able to talk to Luciano this week. But I want to ask the question. Like, Luciano announced he was rebranding Ace Prime to Luciano Cigars. And the factory is being rebranded from Pachardo to the Luciano factory. Okay, so question and, one. Question one. Yeah. Any reason to change Ace Prime that you've already been operating? I, I've never seen a distributorship switch break up. Where a guy says, "Oh, I got to rebrand my company," so that you know, you know, because they used to distribute my. I mean, why would you rebrand something, even branding now for how many, however many years it's been? I've heard people criticize the Ace Prime name in the past, but was it a terrible name? I didn't think so. Um, I, I, I didn't necessarily like the branding. Now it's all Luciano, right? So I mean, I, I'm not saying I love the Ace says, Prime name. Says the guy with the big Perdomo wall behind him. I mean, that's typical of this industry. They need yeah. Listen, yeah, okay, I, I can see that. I, I listen, can see that. When Rocky Patel went from India to back to Rocky Patel Cigars, I laughed my ass off. I, who's buying a cigar yeah. brand with an A Patel on it? Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you, okay, let's give you that. Name. But here's the thing that's very interesting is if you've read all, and I believe me, I've gone through a lot of Ace Prime stuff in the past. Aradio uh, Pachardo was listed as a partner in the factory. And he was listed as a partner in Ace Prime. Now he's suddenly out of the equation. Like, there's no mention of him in this whole new thing, right? And they're so, talking. So, so, is, so is, that's is, my question. Where, where's Aradio Pachardo? Do in all you this? think Luciano's now working without Pachardo? Yes. But no one's talking well, about it. Well, it, it's yeah. I heard now he gave a statement to Half Wheel. He didn't give a statement to me on this, and he said Who that did? Uh, Luciano, Luciano, oh, Luciano, and he said, "Well, Pachardo's focusing on agriculture right now." And I'm like, this is a guy who's been positioned as your master blender for, for a while. How is he now just all of a sudden going off and doing agriculture? So these are questions I don't I, I think that also need to be answered right now. And I have heard oh. no one ask these questions uh, you know, in, in the interviews. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, so in fairness. But I think it's a valid question here. You know, also, what, what becomes of uh, Mil Diaz and like Le Patissier? Total, like, well, so the other thing is, I think Crown Heads has got some questions to answer too, What's on on where, where are they going to do with these cigars? I mean, they have they put the, a lot I, I, into I, this the, factory. I, the new Osinger cigar I thought was made there too. It's made of Pichardo, right? All the Osinger yeah. stuffs being made there. Now I have Tim, I have Tim on my show Thursday night, and I'm going to ask him. I'm going to have to ask him that question. It's not the, the Tim interview is not going to be a focus on this. It's going to be a focus on Tim, but I have to ask the question: What's you know what's the future? Because Luciano's publicly said, hey, if Crown Heads wants to make their cigars with me, I'll make them. But of all the laundry we've seen this week, they, they're not being made. They're not going to be made there. No way. There's no, no way. way. There's no way. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting stuff. I, I mean, it's like watching a soap opera. It, I mean, it, it, not it was to totally oh, like a soap opera, Paul. Totally. Personally, still not exciting as receiving signals through anal beads, but exciting that's hilarious <laughs> that's hilarious it just looks bad on both sides uh, you know yeah, this it's is getting, the it one, got ugly quick yeah this is the one time where they should have actually did the whole hey we're all everyone's good and happy and move on yeah even and, if you're not you know and, and i i sat back i said now i know why these companies do this all the time because look what happened when you didn't go that route right 
Right. So right, right. Yeah, those those press those press releases where there's an amicable amicable split up between this guy and this guy, and we wish him luck. And and we know it's around. not. We know it's not. But you know what? It it prevents what's happened like this the last two weeks. Ultimately, I feel like the brands suffer from stuff uh, like this. Look, I, I I love both the guys. I like Luciano and I like Crown Heads. They're both. I've had good relationships with them. So. I you know I don't want this either, and and it's not really the stuff I like to report. Like I heard Luciana last night in the interview say, "Man, media kind of thrives on it." I don't really like talking about this stuff. It's not about cigars. This is getting into legal stuff, which I'm not a legal guy, so I don't really like reporting on this stuff. To be honest, I mean, listen, it's, that's your job, dude. Sorry, I have to do it. I have to do it. I don't like it. It doesn't mean I like it. it, mean I like it. Yeah. I don't like doing brain surgery, but you know. but I don't, there's no joy in putting stuff out like this, and it just gives you more aggravation every time you put something out because then someone's going to call you on it. So it's well, I mean, I mean, listen, this is just yeah, really sad because something. Look, let's face it. I mean, I've been in this business 26 years. There's been a lot of breakups, a lot, and yep. you know, being in the position I am. I know a lot of them were way nastier than anyone ever knew. Yeah, and there's been ever knew. One, yes, and there's ones I'll say this have been more nasty than this one. That is. Oh know, God, yeah. Yeah. And for it to come public, I yeah. mean, it's yeah, yeah. Who knows what? You know, somebody but, slept with somebody's wife. I don't know. I mean, it's like you know, something went on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not starting a rumor. I'm just that was an analogy. <laughs> well, I, that I, was I an analogy. No, that's not a rumor here. No, no. That was an analogy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. When, you know, it's an expression I have, like when somebody gets real mad at me, and I don't have no clue. I'm like, well, dude, did I sleep with your sister? And forget yeah. what happened. You know, it's like I don't know what happened here, but man, something just went south for it to get so public. But you know what? 30 days of talking about something else, hopefully. Right. The, the industry has a short memory. <laughs> like super, super short. They forget very fast, yep. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Um, I'll mention uh, just one thing is uh, Pete, the, the film that Pete Johnson was involved with, Handrolled, a film about cigars, is being released on YouTube for free on Tuesday. And I thought what that was very mean? interesting. Well, it means you can watch it on YouTube, and you don't have you to watch it on it. YouTube. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. watch it before. Yeah. I, I thought okay. this was very. God, I knew what that literally means—that you could watch it. But what I'm seeing is, I love these guys. Everybody's becoming Alan Rubin. So, listen, I know, <laughs> I know yeah. you can watch it free on YouTube. But like, if you made a movie for sale and you're selling it, is it is it like the revenue stream is over now, and they're just putting it out there for public for many people to watch it, or? Uh, I, I, think, I don't know I what think, kind of I mean. think this is a response to the Claudio Suori documentary between. Okay, ah, so, that's, okay. so this is what I'm asking. There has to be. I think this is a, the timing I mean, of this is a little too convenient. I mean, and I can't blame them for doing it. All right, I can't blame. Good them. point, Coop. Good point. That's why you got to ask the right questions. Right. Go watch it for free on YouTube. So point. explain to us his point, Coop. Explain to us. Yeah. Well, okay, so Claudio Suori, he has worked on a documentary with, with uh, Brian from Pravada. So and, for uh, those people who don't know, yeah, Claudio was Mombacho. Claudio was Mombacho. He has left Mombacho. He's become kind of what he calls a consultant. So he's kind of like a hired gun right now. So he's unemployed. He's, um, <laughs> no, he, yeah. he's literally – I think he's literally doing contract work. Right? He, he is. Oh. I mean, if you had him on the show, it's literally – <laughs> But he doesn't own a factory. He doesn't own a brand. Some small brands. It's mostly small brands. There's one, uh, like the German-engineered cigar guys he's been working with. Um, they're mostly okay. very small small things he's done. Okay. But he did this thing where he went down to Peru. I'll say this, 
watch the documentary. It's actually a pretty interesting documentary. What's uh, the documentary of? Per, the Peruvian Peru. tobacco. Yes. Yes. Peruvian tobacco. Yeah. So, right. So let me ask you something. Is Claudio the, the, the commentator or did he just? It's all him. It's, it's all, all him. him. So it's like, it's like, how would I put it? Like, I guess Anthony Bourdain, kind of that type of guy, you know, gets in a plane and he, and he lands in this land and they, they follow him along on cameras for like a week. So very well so, produced. Very well okay. produced documentary. I'm going to say I, that. I yeah. Okay. So listen, people do stuff. They do it for a reason, right? What's right. his reasoning to talk about Peruvian tobacco? It's a Pravada um, thing. It, it's a Pravada. I'm sure it's a Pravada thing because they were selling, they're selling a cigar with it. So basically, yeah. so basically, it's not a documentary. It's a promotional piece. Well, it's shot. It's a do, yeah, but it's no, a it, it, it's more of a. I'll, I'll say it's more educational than promotional. It, it was well done. I'm it also looks it like more, it's going to be a series. It's going to be a series of these things, right? So you know, at the end, hey, hey, we we he rolled a cigar with Peruvian tobacco, and they're selling it, right? Who rolled it? He did. They actually show him doing cars? this. Yeah, they actually show him doing this. Listen, I'm interested to watch it because every time we've had Claudio on the show, he is a fun guy. He's got Listen, a there's, 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 really cool. there's a scene where he goes to see a shaman, and I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But oh, no. When he I, goes to see a shaman, is all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show. He's in Peru. Of course he goes to see a shaman. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, you know, why he went to see that shaman is still beyond me. But, okay, Abe. To the context of what I'm talking about, hand rolled, that there is still an educational component with that Peruvian documentary, and I think they want to get hand rolled, which was a very good documentary in the hand, you know, as many eyes on it as possible. So I think I paid it is for hand rolled. I paid for hand rolled as soon as it released. Watch it's it. great. great. Yeah, it, it was great. But you know, maybe it's at a point. You know, sometimes you do see YouTube put movies on for free after a few years. So maybe they thought it was the time. I, I just, don't know. It's okay. I didn't know if it was like a normal. Line of progression where that yeah. happens, right? The revenue stream stops. Yep. Nobody's buying anymore. Let's just get it out there. I just didn't know yep. more exposure. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. It was a chess move. Yep. I think it. <laughs> yes. That was a chess move. Well done, Pete. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Uh, last story. Uh, and, uh, we may this may take a little longer, but if not, we can sell it for next week. El Septimo has announced. That not only have they opened their first cigar lounge in the U.S., but they have plans to open 30 cigar stores nationwide in the next three years. 30, I saw that. And one, of, I guess they they actually opened a uh, a cigar bar and lounge in Los Angeles, 8,000 square feet, and they say it can hold up to a million cigars. I don't know quite. And I haven't talked to them on this one either. I don't know quite if 30, if they're talking 30 retail stores or 30 lounges. You know, he may be mixing them, but. 30 stores is a lot, I mean, for a brand of that size. I don't care. And the interesting thing is he said the Los Angeles store is only going to sell El Septimo, and he's got the huge humidor. And, no, it's not a warehouse because he's got a warehouse in Las Vegas. So yeah, I, don't I don't know, know what to say. Yeah, it was yeah. – I don't know what to say either. Why Why make Why make a million-dollar bottle of cognac? <laughs> I, I think it's for – yeah. You know why? why? Why make – yeah. Because I fucking can. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Anybody who you said, know, yep, yep. anybody who's on Instagram knows because I fucking can. That's why. Did you drink that cognac? Hell no. I was scared. Well, I'm, 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 I'm,
Oh, it made me throb. That was so funny. <laughs> I made, I made Coop throb. My day is done. I'm out. Good night, folks. I made, I made Coop throb. I'm, I'm out. Oh, my goodness. Is that it for the news? That, that's it for the news. 30? Probably one of the most interesting news segments we've had. Well, oh, know. and Paul's messing me. Are you going to talk about this? Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm more pissed that uh, Yunan didn't mention that when he was on our show that they were going to open up all these stores. We didn't get the exclusive. <laughs> didn't get the I don't think we're considered a, a, a legitimate media no, store by, by, by the cigar industry. Why? I have no idea. But Coop makes us legitimate. That's that's exa- I tell him that all the time. You legitimize our absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that being said, we got to squeeze what two so two more segments in eight minutes. Yeah, come on, yeah. let's roll it. Let's roll. It's time for Tale of the Tape season five. I don't know. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I have to, before we get into this, I have to clarify a couple of things. He does it every time. Go ahead. It's not episode eight, is it? No. Seven. Okay. Oh, you know what? I know because I changed it last week, so it is episode seven. I'm sorry. That is my, that's my, my fault. I, you know, my, the guy I picked wouldn't be my episode eight, so I'm looking at this as I better before I say my, who my guy is. Let me make sure what week this is. I'm sorry, that's that's my fault. I because yeah, I had changed it for last almost week. Almost then... made it a whole show without a fuck up, Paul. Almost. You had seven minutes to go. <laughs> fuck. Up. All right, here we go. Taylor tape. I think it's season five. I've lost count, but we season are five. on number four top villains of all time. Abe, take it away. Calvin Candy. How do you not love to hate this guy? Delightful. Seriously. Oh, First awesome. off, he is brilliant. He is brilliant because he's fucking hilarious in his own demonic kind of way. <laughs> literally demonic because you you literally hate this guy. Loathe. But you enjoy hating him. You enjoy loathing, with, loathing him because of his brilliant performance. He comes in at number four of my top ten villains of all time. All right, humorous, Paul. All right. So my number I'll four. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> My number four pick is someone who says "fuck you" so eloquently. He's such a good villain. Is Jafar from? I Aladdin. knew Jafar was going to be on this list. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I think that no other Disney villain does class evilness, if that's that's a term, uh, like Jafar. So uh, that's why he's number four for me. If you haven't figured it out by now, Paul's list is going to be all Disney characters. There's still three more, bro. You it's don't all know. Disney. Paul can't throw a curveball. All right, coming in at number four for me is Hannibal Lecter. Um, I just don't think you can have a top ten list without having a guy on it. The uber intellectual villain. Um, this standard for intellectual villains. And like I said, I just don't think a top ten list is complete if you leave him off. The man who single-handedly made fava, v, fava beans. Fava beans. <laughs> right. Right. 
Cope. All right. My number four um, is Mrs. Mott, a.k.a. Peyton Flanders, played by Rebecca DeMornay in Ooh. The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. That's a good curveball. That's that. Okay. Wow. I, I completely forgot about that movie. I'm looking at this picture. I'm like, wait, I know her from somewhere. Oh, yeah. That was back when she was hot. She was hot. And, yeah, exactly. Hot. I mean, so she's the she's the uh, wife of a Seattle obstetrician who basically kills himself when he's accused of sexual misconduct, and uh, she miscarries, and then she seeks to go after uh, one of the families of the husband's accusers and, and plants herself in as the nanny, and uh, he is just he is evil. You want a little yeah. fact? I think that Disney, one of Disney's production companies, produced that. Wait, no, 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 no. Just so you know, Buena Vista. No, it was yeah. Buena Vista. It's Buena yeah. Vista Television or, yeah. or Buena Vista we had a, Films. We had a few nannies in my time, and none of them looked like Rebecca in the Morning. Well, you, you know, had one that was close. And was beautiful, as I think. But but she was yeah. But uh, but but yeah, Mrs. Mott definitely. Wow, that, what a what a really great but like great pick. out there pick. That that's yeah, a really that good cool. pick. All right, Kevin. Who, who? While we got you on, who are some of your favorite villains of all time? You, you can just rattle a couple off the top of your head. The Riddler from Batman. Okay, you got to clarify, bro. There's like ten Riddlers. Which the one? Riddler from the original Batman, growing up. The TV series. Yep. Frank oh Gorshin. my gosh, that's your like best villain. He was you're right, the villain? You're, you're right up there with Paul with Disney. <laughs> Frank Gorshin was good. No, that fits Kevin, though. That fits Kevin. Wait, wait, wait. That was a villain. With riddles, I thought it was great as a kid. <laughs> the, uh, I, I thought Frank Gorshin played that role great too. As a yeah, role. he the was. Fact, a, it was a yeah. fact that you know his name off the top of your head. I'm impressed. That is crazy. <laughs> Come on, I got a picture of him. It so really is. He just knew the name off the top of his head. Oh, I can't get it. All right. That being said, we are now rolling into our final segment, brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Uh, how we end every week's show, Kevin. We're gonna find out. Would you rather? children for that audio bite <laughs> now and then all right gonna ask you three questions kevin all you have to let us know is would you rather these are they were custom tailored for you specifically are you ready question number one god would you rather be able to do real magic but would have to live a life of poverty or receive a million dollars <laughs> do real magic i kind of knew you'd go there wow but you be poor could do that's no right. magic out of your life. Well, if I had magic and I could do magic, I could get all the money I want. No, that's part of the rule. You, have to <laughs> okay, okay. you can't do no magic to better still, your I'd life. Still, I'd still take magic. I love magic. I kind of thought you would. It's uh, a vow of don't, poverty. Don't worry. They're gonna get they're gonna get harder. All right. Would you rather work for one year with David Copperfield on stage or Harry Houdini? Harry Houdini. I saw really, that. Not even choice. You just you're just a classic guy. You don't think Copperfield has newer tricks that you'd like to know how to do than Harry? So David Copperfield is not the type of guy who you think he is. That's all I'm gonna oh. say. No, no, so what, but, 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 
But hold right. on. Right. So it's, hard right. it's, Doug Henning. it's hard for me to work with a guy that I know, like, I know a lot of secrets about. From okay. What about Doug Henning? Yeah, I'd love to work with Doug Henning. The Zigzagans hate Copperfield. You know with that, the right? zigzag illusion? Yeah. But Harry Houdini was also a Mason brother, and I'm a Mason. So Harry Houdini would be the one. Of course right, he so would. That, was, that wasn't hard. All right. How about this one? I'm hoping this Yeah, one these are easy. All right. I got to go. Hopefully this will choke you up a little bit. Ready? <laughs> would you rather be? I'm still <laughs> choked up that Coop knew who the Riddler was. I'm still impressed with that. I'm still impressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed by that. That's the real magic trick today, right there. <laughs> Would you rather be the world's greatest cigar company or the world's greatest magician? Ooh, ooh, that's oh, choked. I choked him. You choked him. One. I choked. I him. love I both. I listen to you. Got to pick. It's called "Would You Rather." Oh, I love the silence. The world's greatest cigar manufacturer. Wow! That surprises. I thought he was going to go magic. I thought he was going to go money with money. You make more money with magic. reality check. I had to think about that. That was a good one. There you go. There you have it. Brought to you by the fine folks over at Kirkus Cigars. We have asked Kevin, would he rather? Thank you, thank you, Kevin, for coming on. This was a fun, entertaining show. I did have Absolutely. a blast. Thank you for having me. Um, Coop, always thank you for thank making you. us legitimate. Your contribution always, <laughs> thank you. always much appreciated. Uh, check us out on Smoking Social. Getting Alex's. Uh, when's the next uh, chess tournament? Um, I'm probably going to open it up Monday for maybe a for Saturday start with a bigger pool. Is it on? Is it live on? Is it on? Is it online? So it's on chess.com. Um, I'll post the link. I'll send you the link. It's um, it's smoking social chess.com chess club. No, I just want and my 15 year old son to come in and beat all of you. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll get him in. I'll get him in. And, and 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 the way the tournament works is we play daily games. So there's no time limit. You get a move and then you have the next guy has 24 hours to make his up to 24 hours. Yeah, so. I'll ask him. I'll, I'll get in if you can guarantee me that I play Quentin and Paul only. <laughs> I, everybody's been asking me to join. Can I tell you I'm like six or seven well, here's the messages? Look, dude, you can't post pictures of you and your son playing chess and then not join the club. I mean, we were playing bro. Simpsons chess. <laughs> what? Chess is chess. You could probably True. beat Thor. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, we hope we entertained you we hope you had fun thanks for joining us best way to start your saturdays as always follow us on instagram on facebook and definitely join us on smoking social remember rockefeller cigars this whole weekend save 50 percent. rock 25 rock 15 rock 15 save 15 percent. use the code rock 15 all weekend long until sunday also sociedad's creta dropped friday i predict it won't last that long so if you are a fan of the cigar, definitely get more so you can smoke what you have. If you haven't had it and you like ADV and anything this kid makes, this is probably one of my favorites. So grab it while you can. Next week, this guy hasn't been on since our first show when we got kicked out of the iHeartMedia. Our first business. remote show. We did our first virtual show. And according to Coop, it was one of the best KMA episodes ever. Rocky Patel will be on next week. KMA, you better, you better, you better get on the phone and start verifying this guy, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you now, Paul. Don't, 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 don't Friday but, to confirm, yeah. to confirm Rocky's coming on. So. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vouch to that with Abe. Yep. 
telling you right now, I don't want to hear. I don't I don't talk to Rocky about Rocky's appearances. I don't care. Talk to Nimish whoever, but then yeah, Nimish is the guy who took care double of check, it. Double check early. Until next week, everybody. Keep it lit.